fate of the universe lies on your shoulders. Now, whatever you do, don't push this button. Because that will set off the bomb immediately, and we'll all be dead. Now, repeat back what I just said. I agree. No! No, that's the button that will kill everyone. Try again. I'm Groot. Mm-hmm. I'm Groot. Uh-huh. I'm Groot. No! Showtime, a-holes. the death button. Nobody has any tape. Not a single person has tape. You have an atomic bomb in your bag. If anybody's gonna have tape, it's you. I have to do everything. You are wasting a lot of time. That's a really bad sign. If I touch someone, I can feel their feelings. You feel love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, <laughs> come on. I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. <sighs> All right, so you're going first, Scott? I guess. Okay. Which one do you we have? We should actually maybe bring the show in, though. Yeah, I was thinking that. I'll be smiling. You'll be great. <laughs> We're gonna put Not that on. show. Oh, sorry. Back to the bin. Go ahead, <laughs> lazy, Mr. Producer. Lazy people. So Ooh, tonight we're talking about Joe versus the volcano. Back to the bins, because people just suck. I wait. I think you need to try that again okay. with yes. more feeling. Yeah. yeah, hold on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shut Up. Shut up. Shut up. I'm gonna shut up out of you. Shut. <laughs> up. Welcome, welcome to Back to the Bins for our score episode about Guardians. Oh! Electric Boogaloo. I think I cut you off there, buddy. There it is. If you have not figured it out, I'm Paul Spataro. I'm joined today by Dr. Bill Robinson. Score! Scott, how the heck can I see this on opening night, Gardner? Oh, yes. I am dying. I am dying. I can't wait. wait. Internet. I have my tickets Sir. for opening night, by the way. And nope. once again, but back from the future, Al Sedano is joining us today. What? Where? I'm confused. Wait, is this no, the first it, time or second time? This, this is, is your second time, but it's the first time. It's the first, first time, the second third, time. But the second show. Great, Scott. So as you're listening to this, this is going to be I'm the first okay, episode. Scott, thanks. <laughs> it's your barely, barely competent, Scott. 
<laughs> anyway, this is going to be the first episode coming out of Assistant Editors Month, but ah. we've recorded several episodes while Assistant Editors Month has been going on. I was on. thinking we must be piling up episodes because I was clearing off my uh, my <laughs> desktop today of, of notes from episodes we've recorded, and I'm like... You know, I haven't heard this episode yet. And then I put it in the recycle bin. And then I went to the next one. And I'm like, I haven't heard this one yet either. So we I, we must have quite the backlog at this point, which we is the biggest is backlog nice. we've ever had. Nice. I think we got like a, what, a month and a half, two months backlog now built up? Well, there was that time I had Taco. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> As of right now, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven episodes. All raring right. to go. Wow, now's the time to announce oh. my retirement. That's time to take a nap. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's not 11, 10, because one of them's already been posted. I just didn't move it out of that folder yet. But anyway, this is, this is still the biggest surplus we've ever had, wow. which was part of the purpose for Assistant Editors Month. But coming out of that, I want to just, uh, you know, recognize the people who did the shows and thank them for giving us a month of a break and... You know, I think they they did really good good work. The you know the shows have been pretty high quality, and it shows how little this show really needs us. <laughs> at what? least, at least one of them um, sounds like, and I hope I'm not spoiling anything or, or setting somebody up for for disappointment or anything. But at least one of them, I've heard talk behind the scenes that uh, it may spin it into its own show. So there you go. That's uh, you know that's how well it was received and all that. So. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've heard some talk too, and you know, I, I I actually give a great deal of thought because I actually put together the groups to do the shows, right? And I, and I and I really do sit down and kind of try and figure out, you know, how to put together some chemistry and and get a good show together. Who are you, the Lauren, people that wouldn't hate each the, other? Yeah. What are you, the Lauren <laughs> Michaels of? Uh, I am the, the bins. I am the producer. <laughs> okay, exactly. We need producer. Joe Piscopo and um, John Love. <laughs> Go. Well, I, did ma- I did manage to be on the air on one of the shows because when Honeywell did his, we had to do a get Paul to read a goddamn uh, underground comic. <laughs> that was funny. And I like uh, that you didn't cave to peer pressure either. It was shit, and you let him know it was shit. I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, which underground comic was it? Uh, what is it? So something with big, Crom- big, ass, big ass comics number one or number two. I haven't listened to all, to all those yet. Yeah, I'm still several behind. Oh, sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. I did. I, so I managed to be in one, and I did actually do the editing on one of them. And uh, wow. I was the jet, still the gents, work. The gents and I was recorded brunt- it and sent me the raw footage and said, "Here you go." And I was the brunt of jokes in many a one too. So mm-hmm. there you go. Some things never change. That's a yeah. genius plan. I have a podcast. Why don't you guys record it for me? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I thought it was a really well thought out plan. When you say it, it somehow sounds cheap, though. <laughs> it sounds manipulative and creepy, but I like okay. it. <laughs> That's almost as genius as, hey, I have a network. Why don't you record some shows? <laughs> and I'm going to retire. <laughs> I like this evil plan. Uh. It reeks of of evil and and manipulation. I like it. Laziness. Excellent. I feel like the evil guy in, in RoboCop. I like it. 
Well, what are our uh, what are our expectations? They're fired. Oh, and sorry. such for uh, for the new uh, for the new movie for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two? Because I know myself, I am jazzed as hell for this movie. I keep trying to stay away from people saying, "Oh, and so and so is going to be this in the movie," and I'm like, blah, 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 I'm, yeah. I hear you. Did forward me a spoiler-free review that I, you know, and I was assured it was spoiler-free beforehand, so I read it, and their their take on it was as good as the first one. Nice. Mm. Ooh, good. So that gets my expectations really high. And what I heard is four post-movie scenes. I, I heard, heard five. Two. Yeah, I heard five. Hmm. Well, I'm not getting out of my seat till they're all done. But we, we bought our seat, we bought our tickets, so we are going Thursday night, and I am really looking forward to it. We're getting the opening night in, which has it's been a while since I've done that. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to avoid spoilers for a couple days because my brother and his kids are coming in next week, and my wife they leave on Saturday, and my wife's birthday is that weekend. So unless she agrees to go see it, I'm probably have to wait till the next week. Honey, let's tell, go to the movie. Tell her Annie is in it. <laughs> Ego will come out tomorrow. tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar hits. Right. <laughs> so, but I, I have, really haven't heard any plot spoilers yet, and I'm happy that I haven't. So I just need to get get through one more week. By the time this episode is aired, I will. I not only will I have seen the movie, but I will be out picking up my free comic books on Free Comic Book Day. Nice. When is that? Is that the uh, following the, Saturday? The oh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Oh, nice. The, what is that? The sixth, I guess. The sixth. Yep. Which is That's the day that cool. this is going to post. That is cool because uh, I'm about to to start a new position at work, and at least I, I don't know about you know how how long it'll go, but while I'm in training, I'm going to have weekends off. So hey, I might actually be able to go to free comic book day for my first time in like years. So yeah. Is I it uh, is it missionary or Kama Sutra? <laughs> oh, sorry. Cowgirl. Sorry. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I'm not telling. Anybody, uh, since, since this will be airing on Free Comic Book Day, anybody of note going to be at your stores for that day? Oh, there's a big long list for my sh- uh, Chuck Dixon. Uh, I posted it in the, um, in the, in, I, I can repost it when it, once it gets closer. But yeah, y- y- Yancey t- takes over like the corner end of by the main anchor store. Their store is right next to that, and they take over the whole end of the mall with uh, vendors and and artists and and writers. All yeah, it's always a big event. Local radio DJ comes out, and there's a co- costume show. You know, um, all kinds of goodies, all kinds are of fun. You, are you off? Are you going? It's a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I'll be. Uh, uh, hold on, let me see who's going to be there. There's somebody I remember you telling me was going to be there that uh, that I got all excited about, and uh, yeah, maybe I'll have to maybe I'll have to make a trip over to Tampa that day. Well, vamp, and I'll look it up. See, at my store, it'll be the usual suspects for my store, but I always enjoy seeing them. Uh, Billy Tucci, Jim Shooter, Sean Chen, and Jeff Vaughn. But, uh, you know, wow. they're, good, they're good guys, and I actually enjoy just coming over, saying hello, and... Jim and Shooter? For a little while. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Wow. Yeah, didn't I, uh, the last time they were there, I, I took a picture of myself, Jeff Vaughn, Jim, Jim Shooter, and I, I'm drawing a blank, the, the artist who was in the book with them. You may well have. I don't. I don't remember, but you may well. Pretty have. sure I posted it on Facebook the day that, that I was there. Wow, I'm jealous. I, I'd like to meet Shooter again. I haven't. I haven't met him personally. I mean, I only met him once when I was a kid. Um, but I'd love to meet him again because there's a laundry list of books of his. I'd love to get signed if I could. He did a panel. I was at the uh, Tampa Comic Con last year. He did a panel there, so I got oh. to see him speak there. I think he still lives not too far from here because he's in that store every once in a while. 
So if you want to send me what you have for him, and then the next time he's in the store, if, in fact, if you want to send it to me, I'll, you could probably get it to me before next weekend, and I'll ask him to sign them for you. I just might take you up on that. I might have to mute when the printer starts again, so... Right, well, yeah, we would do synopsis first anyway, so you you should be okay. Oh, this means I can't do any piffy comments. Oh wait, Alvin just walked in crap. We're doomed. Alvin walked in and crap. I don't like to be interrupted anyway, so actually just keep your keep your pith to yourself. You know what, Paul? He just walked straight to the litter box, and he is yes, he is taking a crap. He's taking a Thank piss. You. Just what I need. People crap all over my shelf. Thanks, Alvin. Don't need to this see guy, you you're looking your for us to shut up pie holes. Is that what you're saying? Is there pie? we need to find a way to link all this shit together in case we do have gaps in the recording oh we definitely have gaps in the recording so well never mind i'll save this comment when we when you describe the cover i have a comment to make when we get to the show proper okay again so i'm gonna (laughs) so whatever go ahead just start whenever you want okay i'm gonna keep making comments though <laughs> Go ahead, start, Scott. Oh, am I going into the synopsis now? <laughs> we have we have no link. We have no no transition here into right, the. Know, we we really didn't finish saying what we thought or what our expectations okay. were for the movie, other than yeah, it's going to be great. Probably. Oh yeah. All right. I mean, I heard about two. I heard about two of this. I got spoiled on two of the. Uh... Shut up! Fuck this! What they are. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got spoiled on two of the scenes, and I'm hoping they're true because I like those ideas. I'm not talking to you guys out there. <laughs> you know, the, just, you know those kind of podcasts where they invite people. Spoiler. You know those kind of podcasts where they invite people in and then they're really nice to them and everything. Yeah, that's we're not that. So <laughs> those exist. I haven't heard of those. He <laughs> just he just told our guests to shut up, Bill. <laughs> I feel to... like I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody gives me such a hard time when I spoil things. Come on, what married man isn't true. used to being told to shut up? Yeah, this is very true. Yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently one of my daughters, I spoiled one of my daughter's friends on something because we were talking about something and she listened to a podcast and and like my daughter comes home and says, yeah, so-and-so is mad at you. I'm like, who's that? One of my friends. Why? You spoil something on a podcast. Another one of your friends listens to a podcast? All right. <laughs> Valeria, her name's Valeria. She's a she's like the, the son, the, the daughter of uh, of Victor uh, Von Doom. Uh, uh, Vic, no, v- Victor Von Doom named her. Well, yeah, it's his goddaughter. That's true. Yeah, it's, so she's Victor Von Doom's goddaughter. How about that? Valeria. My wife's now in here. Hey, hey it's a party. Everybody come on in. Steal. My wife's backing away going, no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't involve me in this crap anymore, please. <laughs> she was sneaking up behind you th- saying, this time we didn't forget the gravy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have I have stayed away from everything to do with this after the the first trailer dropped. I watched the first trailer; it was enough to get me really excited about it. And after that, I went dark. I, it's like I don't want to know anything. I don't want to see anything. I want to go in fresh. I want all the jokes to be new and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, kinda I know like, a little it was bit like the election, right? <laughs> <laughs> you heard some stuff, then you just went dark. You don't want right. to know anything. Yep. Just tell me when it's over. Yep. But. uh you know, I, I know a little bit, you know, that just seems to be just general common knowledge, but that's about it. But uh, I, I tell you, one of the big things I'm excited for is, uh, and I, I hope this is not a spoiler for anybody, but just that uh, uh, Kurt Russell's in it, because I, I love Kurt Russell, you know? Well, you know what? I didn't and know that this, this comic kind of um, shows how Kurt Russell's going to be. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I was I like, oh, crap. Too. Yeah. 
because yeah. yeah, I've no, been I wondering that. This, already. this this issue that I'm about to do is a perfect example of you know why. <laughs> I, it's just the older I get, the the less retention. Because I just read this damn thing maybe two three weeks ago. Because in my read through, and yes, I'm still doing my read through of of early Marvel, although I I took a slight break from that to read um, Thanos appearances. So that's what I'm doing currently. But I'm only at I'm somewhere in the 140s, maybe one uh, early 150s of Thor, and this is 133. So I just read this, you know, maybe at, at most a month ago, and. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. When I, when you guys first proposed doing this issue, I was like, yeah, I'll do that one because I just read it. It should be fresh in my mind. And then I sat down to reread it, and I'm like, damn, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> so yeah, when I got to the part with, uh, you know, with the with the humanoid ego, I'm like, oh, there you go. You know, so all those people that are saying, well, how can Kurt Russell be a planet? Well, here you go. Where it's going to be explained in this issue. So I guess we might as well go ahead and jump in, unless anybody has anything else on. Uh, on expectations of the well, movie or anything. My last comment is when you have Alzheimer's, every comic is your first. Yeah, there you go. Ooh. And it's, ooh, it's happening too. I'm telling you. All right. Yeah. So as I say, this is Thor number 133. Uh, this is not long after uh, Thor became Thor after being a journey into mystery for a good long time. Uh, cover date on this is October 1966. This was on sale on the stands, according to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, August 2nd, 1966. Cover is by Jack the King Kirby and everybody's favorite, Vinny Coletta. And it, uh, I'm going to hand over the cover to Dr. Bill because he had something he wanted to say about this. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you could have described it. I was going to butt in, but I, instead of being a big buttinsky, I'll just describe the cover. But what I want to say about the cover is the face of Ego in the center of the cover. <laughs> if, if you just draw a little square around it and just include Thor's fist in there, if we ever do the Get Off My Lawn cast, I want that to be our picture. <laughs> I think that, that looks like Baron Von Strucker. That is the face I want of Get Off My Lawn cast with Thor's fist in the in the corner. I get off my lawn. That is that that is it right there. If you look at the Kirby the Kirby crackle and the shape of the Kirby crackle above Ego's head, he oh. almost looks like the living mummy with a bow on his head. It's kind of what he looks like to me. It's really weird <laughs> or looking. Or maybe a butterfly landed on him. Right. <laughs> or maybe Annie. Oh, sorry. See? You can get Kim to read this. <laughs> I'm but still yeah, trying. Thor, Thor looks like he's getting ready to bash Ego on the head. Uh, and he's standing over like a scrying pool or something, and there's some green-looking, uh, well, it's actually antibodies of ego charging back and back, or charging towards us as the recorder is always to stands there recording. Recording. I don't know. I, I'm getting a completely different vibe. It's it's for one thing, Thor's likes to watch. left fist is in is bigger than his head. Um, left- but also, just looking at what's underneath. I didn't say the proportions were right. I just said it, I was just describing it. Well, just looking at what's under Thor's feet right there, the swirl of it, the little green bubbles and everything. It's almost like you know he's like. Who hath pissed on the floor? It's like he's been in this cosmic men's room and he's really pissed because it's filthy and disgusting, you know? Well, if if that's piss, what's that globular white thing? I was just about to ask that. Crawling yeah. away on its own volition. 
Well, Maddie, maybe it's, 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 it's actually there should toilet be a tissue paper. around that. <laughs> yeah, it's toilet paper that's stuck to the to the foot of the you know of these guys as they. Oh, that's you what know. it is. Okay, I was thinking. <laughs> really else. I don't know. It's some Otis Funkmeyer cookies there on the floor. Oh. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Original cover price on this was a whole twelve pennies. So before we get into the story proper, a little bit of history on this. So previously in Thor, convinced by the Grand Commissioner of the Colonizers of Rigel that a threat to the entire universe and hence his beloved planet Earth as well, uh, that there is a threat rather to the entire universe, the mighty Thor and his faithful Indian companion, the Recorder, have entered the starless black galaxy. Inside the starless void, the recorder quickly deduces that they have, uh, or what they have entered is actually a living bioverse and waiting for them at its center is Ego, the living planet. So Behold the Living Planet is the name of our story. It's written by Jack, uh, excuse me, by Stan Lee rather, written by Stan Lee with art by the aforementioned Jack Kirby and Vinnie Coletta with letters by Artie Simic. Thor and the recorder are stunned to be addressed by a living planet with a giant face on it. Their very senses reel in amazement and Thor confesses that in all the galaxies, he's never seen anything more incomprehensible. The recorder confirms his findings that they are indeed inside a living universe and Ego, the planet at its very core, is one enormous bioorganism. Ego recreates a smaller yet still massive face for which to communicate with them. Thor is put off by Ego's arrogance and the living planet demonstrates just a portion of his incredible power by refashioning the landscape about them into a recreation of images of Asgard which Ego pulled from Thor's memory. Ego, fashioning himself a humanoid form resembling an Asgardian warrior, escorts the duo to a castle, likewise pulled from Thor's brain. Thor, intent on learning what the scheme is, just plays along. In the castle, Ego uh, reveals that, for ages, he has tested his power against the colonizer's ships when they ventured too close, all the time knowing that one day, a being such as Thor would come along, one who would provide the ultimate test of his power. If he can but defeat Thor, then he will copy the Thunder God's, uh, Thunder God's form and create an army of humanoid antibodies with which to go forth and conquer the universe. Thor, through his mighty hammer and the strength of his own limbs, swears to strike against Ego should he go forward with his plan and suddenly the battle is on. Ego, instantly backpedaling on his word to defeat Thor in fair combat using his humanoid form, brings his full planetary might to bear on the Thunder God, stunning him in the process. Ego then does his replicating, duplicating thing and forms a humanoid antibody prototype copied from Thor's quote-unquote molecular model. But before the son of Odin can baff it with his hammer, the antibody vanishes and Ego unleashes a tidal wave that roars toward our heroes and threatens to engulf them. They duck down a skin pore and enter Ego's blood system where they are attacked by an endless army of antibody men. Things look bad as Thor is swallowed up uh, by by this throng of purple humanoids, but they only manage to just piss him off but good, and he hurls them all away with a mighty Fatoom. Ego, who is everywhere and everything about them, sucks them into an arterial tunnel and then proceeds to pummel them with the very rocks, stones, and pebbles of the planet around them. Ew, again. (laughs) The recorder is buried under this onslaught and damaged, 
senses his service has come to an end. Thor, however, considers the recorder a faithful and true companion, a friend, and uses his strength to free the mechanical man and then flee with him as Ego turns up the heat. Thor, finally fed up with all this bullshit, suddenly pulls a Doctor Strange and delivers this weird rhyming incantation, I didn't know he could do that, that brings the house down. Thor and, his and the recorder flee as Ego, humiliated and defeated by Thur uh, Thor's quote-unquote thermal blast, seals off his bioverse bio from the rest of the outside universe until eternity crumbles, he says. Thor, his quest ended, heads for Rigel with the wounded recorder and eventually home. And that's my synopsis. You left out the part when Jane Forster goes out to dinner with, the, with the Watcher's evil nephew. Yeah, I skipped all Jaime. that crap with Jane Foster. Is that his, his evil nephew, Jaime? <laughs> that's Sir Porga. Because <laughs> I've read the next two issues. That's yeah, that, that all leads to this, the next story arc with... Wait, um, he's not one of the High Evolutionary's pig guys. High Evolutionary, yeah. Yes, he is. Oh. The one's a pig guy, the other one's a tiger guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Odin in disguise. Odin in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. They want, yeah, she's a nurse, so they want her to teach at uh, New Man U. Yeah, makes sense <laughs> whatsoever. And you also left out the I like with Miss Big, Big I like, Head. I like this. He does have a ginormous cranium. A huge head. Eat, <laughs> move. I like this one. I, I think the biggest reason I like this one is I like the sequence, uh, flipping to the page here, it's on page 15 near the end of the story, where the recorder's hurt. And uh, he says, my vision is obscured by immovable ah. debris. I am growing inoperative. My service has come to an end. And Thor's basically like, no, you're not. And he, he goes in there, charges in and frees him and basically tells him, you know, you're my friend and I'm going to save you. I think that's really cool because the recorder himself points out that he's just a machine, but Thor considers him, you know, a fellow being. And I, th I thought that was really cool. I like that. And it kind of set the, the precedent for, uh, and of course, I'm I'm reading this. You're reading you know, this in the Hercules. Later, but for Hercules, exactly, because, you know, I, I love the Hercules series from, from the 80s and the fact that one of his best friends in that story was also a Rigelian recorder. Could be the same one, for all I know. But, you know, of course, I read that story first, the Hercules story first, so I'm, I'm reading this one years later, and I'm, I'm kind of seeing where this kind of set, you know, that precedent, and I, and I really liked that. I thought that was cool. I mean, there's a lot of the story I really like, but that was my favorite element, so I thought that was really neat. I got, I got a kick out of uh, the way... Uh... The recorder, like if you read his dialogue, sometimes he reminds me of uh, K2SO from Rogue One. When uh, right. Thor, Thor is saying, Be gone, things of evil. Not not all thy messes shall topple mighty Thor. And meanwhile, recorder is saying, Observation, it shall take more than platitudes to stem this deadly tide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and basically saying, Just shut up and do what you're supposed to do. Stop bragging. Right. I just, I love that. Well, yeah, the you know, the recorder does have, I mean, he's a robot, but he, they, I mean, granted, it's because it's Stan Lee scripting. He does have a bit of a personality, even mm -hmm. when he's just saying his robotic, observe, you cannot say that, do this by just speaking. So, I mean, you can see why Thor likes him, or at least considers him a companion. Yeah. I like that there's there's several times where the, where the uh, I almost called him the companion, the recorder points out that, you know, much like the watcher would do, that I'm simply here to to observe, but then he turns around and does take an active part in, you know, the goings-on, because there's a great moment on uh, on page 10 where Thor's, you know, basically he's had enough of ego at that point. 
And he's, he looks like he's going to charge in and smack him with his hammer. And it's the recorder that's basically holding him back, saying, observation, you cannot threaten one who is an entire world unto himself. But if you look at how his arm is positioned, it's almost like he's reaching out to, to grab Thor to, like, to try to stop him. He's grabbing so it. He's like, dude, hold on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I like that. Well, yeah, actually, I didn't think about it like the Watcher. But yeah, he's like the Watcher or Metron, except without the power. So right. while right. they can be like, I'm the Watcher, I'm Metron, do whatever, I'm here to watch because you can't do crap to me. The recorder's like, yeah, you can hurt me, so I'm going to run. Didn't they have a series or, you know, a, a storyline where the Watcher and the recorder were together observing some sort of major event? You might be thinking of Universe X because that's Machine oh, yeah. Man, but he yeah. doesn't have his face on, so he looks like a robot. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I liked that. It's funny because I will often confuse Machine Man and the Recorder myself, so I, I've done that before. Well, both Kirby creations. Yeah. Well, they, they look and act a lot alike as well. But yeah, I, I dug this a lot. There, there was a, There's not as many just like, what the hell moments in this one? Because, you know, I'm really enjoying this era of Lee and Kirby Thor, mm -hmm. but it still has a lot of like kind of wonky bits and just plain goofy stuff. This one here, not so much. It's a pretty straightforward story, and it's very, very imaginative. You know, this brings a lot of stuff to the table here with the Rigelians and, you know, Ego and the Bioverse and all that sort of thing. Just a two-page splash of, like, yeah. the whole thing of Ego. Yeah, like, that's, Kirby that's just going cool. nuts. Yeah, that is it's really It's neat. interesting to compare, like, that type of spread to a Steve Ditko, Doctor Strange, Strange Universe spread. Uh, you know, they're both famous for having done that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. very, very different and in many ways equally good. You know, Kirby did the tech much better than anybody, I think. But oh, as far yeah, as yeah. the, you know, the trippy universe like this, I think him and Ditko uh, were neck and neck. Yeah, because this really did make me think of a Ditko, like Doctor Strange thing, because it doesn't look that much dissimilar from it. From all yeah, the it's just a little bit more Kirby crackle in it. Well, yeah. I well, like Kirby this. stuff's a bit more angular. Yeah. yeah. I liked this because there, there were, you know, you're basically, you know, a lot of it's left to your imagination, you know, and most of it really is left to your imagination. But I can kind of imagine that this is almost like a Genesis planet, like Genesis! within a few. Genesis! Oh, sorry. <laughs> within a few, you know, within a within a day's walk of each other, you're basically looking at all these different environs all in the same general area. You know, so you have something that looks like it's flowing magma, and then you've got something else that kind of looks like maybe a desert, and something else that looks like a, you know, almost like a monument valley type of thing. But what really struck me is like right in front of Thor and the recorder on that double plate, double page splash, you've got all those. Um, what would that be? The, um, oh gosh, I can't think of that. What that shape is? You know, that six sided shape there. Oh, the pentagon or hexagon. Oh. Well, I guess it'd be a hexagon, right? Yeah, with six sides. And I'm just thinking, you know, that's not a shape that occurs in nature. So what is that exactly? Is that something that ego is consciously forming? Is this maybe actually, is this cities? 
you know, what is this exactly? Because, you know, again, you know, nature doesn't form straight lines like that, you know? And, well, I, and, I think and that's supposed doesn't... to be totally up to your imagination, though. Yeah, I, and I that, that's think... what I love about it is that it, it does. It leaves it wide open for you to just go crazy with your imagination thinking, all right, you know, what, you know, and kind of filling in the blanks. And I think that's really cool. I really yeah. liked that aspect of it. No, yeah, I kind page... of viewed it as like ego showing off. Like, look what I can do. Yeah, right, kinda. yeah. On page four, when he's talking to them, I, I picture the uh, the evil god from uh, Star Trek V. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he looks like that in his video. It's funny that you say that, because that's a lot more accurate than what I had in mind, which was the, I can't remember the, the character's name, but I, I was kind of imagining in, um, I think it's Return to Oz, where there's that wall of rock that oh, yeah, forms yeah, yeah, face yeah. and talks to Dorothy, which is really, like, trippy. But yeah, I think I think the God. You sure, you're not thinking Star of the Neverending Story. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I, I definitely have a... seen what you're talking about, but I have seen at some point or another both of those movies. Right. So I couldn't tell you which one it's in. I don't Maybe, remember one. Hmm? Wait, Neverending Story. I remember the rock monster, but I don't remember like a. I thought there was wall. a mountain on its side, and it started talking to the kid. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. On the first page, does it look like the recorder's heads on backwards? Like, yeah, doesn't it force so? <laughs> yeah. It's like he spun his head around and he's like looking behind him. Holy shit. No. He reminds me of Maskatron right there, too. <laughs> now, the, the thing about this one is I don't think Vince Coletta butchered it the way I'm used to him butchering. It's, There's a couple well, of I, scenes where it looked like he got a little lazy, but for yeah. the most part, I think he did okay. Like in the fight scenes with the antibodies, like there's a lot of blank backgrounds. Like he just kind of. Yeah, that could be an erasing thing. Yeah. It's funny you say that, Paul, because that is the very thought I was I was just having. I think Thor in his face still looks kind of thinly inked. But for the most part, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, Vinny actually did a pretty bang up job with this particular issue. What I'd like to see, and they're probably available somewhere, I'd love to see reproductions of the actual pencils. Yeah, that's when you start to see, oh, look where he erased this or look where he erased that. You know, Kirby's artwork is so good that I think it holds up to Vinnie Coletta's erasing. Uh, But then you see what he originally intended and say, wow, this would have even been better if not for the butcher job he did on it. So I would love to see the original pages because there might be a few points here where some backgrounds were eliminated. See, I wonder if, you know, a story such as this, if there's one out there somewhere that exists in total in the original pencils, because I would love to see just as an experiment, you know, take a complete Kirby Thor story. If one does exist in pencil form and give it to some other inkers, you know, more modern day inkers and, and let them have fun with it just to see, you know, what, what they would bring to the table. I think that could be really, really interesting, but you know, in its, in its finished form here, I I really like this and I enjoyed this story a lot. I would, I I like, I'm bet I'm betting, and I generally don't get the Kirby collector, but I bet you if you did, you could find stuff like that where they had other people ink things, because there's so right. much of his original pencil work out there. I mean, of course you're not on a leg, but there's a lot of it out there. Right. Which is too bad, because I would love a copy of page twelve of the original pencils. Yeah. Like that, it almost looks like a fist made out of the antibodies attacking right. them. Frankly, if I could get any page of Kirby original art, I'd, I'll take anything. I'll yeah. take later Kirby when he lo- kind of lost his skills. Yeah, I don't care. I'll take Devil Dinosaur. I'll take uh, the love book he did, whatever. Don't care. What was that zombie movie that was out about a year or two ago with uh, with Brad Pitt? Oh, World War Z? War, 
Yeah, I never saw the movie, but I remember the trailer where the zombies were doing something like this, where they oh, were forming like a human like, pillar yeah, they to get to a helicopter or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, And that's yeah. what that reminded me of. I thought that was really cool, where they're basically doing the same thing. They're forming like this this chain of their own bodies to get to Thor and overwhelm him. I thought that was really cool. Man, I hate fast zombies. <laughs> But this was really neat. Yeah, I love the you know the the top two panels on page thirteen because, you know they they overwhelm him. And you can see you know he's he's got arms all over him where they're like pulling him down. It's just like this tidal wave of these antibody men, and one of them looks like it's actually like pulled his his helmet off. winged hat you know his helmet off of his head. But then the very next panel is him just you know just as fatum and you see bodies flying all over the place so you don't know you know did he call down the lightning did he smack him with his hammer just something he has done is flinging them all away from him uh, i, I really like winged that. helmet just like in the movies now oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> Not and yet. i like that last panel on that page the way like that's a very cool like that's a very typical <laughs> but awesome kirby action pose of him like flying and he's ready to hit the ground running while the recorder's just like whatever <laughs> right well the recorder's just like wee like it's a slide like at the end of Goonies <laughs> yeah, but it's like, like they're going down a water slide yeah <laughs> it's the it's the it's the eagle gullet ride ooh <laughs> Oop. The beginning's fine but that end oof <laughs> so I wonder what because obviously he comes back what what draws Ego out and was his next appearance in Thor the next one I can recall was Thor around one... No, I'm trying to remember. Was he in the Galactus one that they did? Well, like Galactus slaps a... something Galactus slaps an engine on his ass and shoots him off into space. So. That's in like 230-something. Because um, I remember one that I, I thought it had... Uh, I want to say it's a Rich Buckler. It's either Rich Buckler or like Neil Adams or something where Thor is, is facing him and he's using like the, the energy projection powers of his hammer to like shoot at it or something, but I, I can't remember what it, oh, what yeah. number that is. I want to say it's around 200, I thought. Oh, my but God. I'm not Sorry, sure. I'm trying to find a chronology. I know. I should have looked all this up ahead of time, but I, I was just curious if you guys might know off the top of your head. Because obviously, you know, despite what he says at the end of the story, you know, he says... Uh, you know, for the first time in countless millennia, I have been bested. Never again shall I suffer such humiliation. And basically, he seals himself off. And he says, uh, never again shall I seek to invade other galaxies. But obviously, you know, he comes back. So, uh, and the next time we see him, he's uh, Wolford Brimley ego. Right. The mustache. <laughs> uh, according to what I'm showing, next time was, uh, yeah, Galactus droids. Thor 155 and then 160 and 161. Well, that didn't oh, wow. take long. So that's, yeah, that was not long. This is 133, and that's 150, what'd you say, 6? 155, and then 160 and 161. So yeah, that's not even two years later. Maybe his ego got the better of him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's funny is, I mean, this, I really like, you know, the look of this and everything, but then you, you look at the backup tale, and that's by the same team. And that one does look like the typical Vinnie Coletta hatchet job. So it's, it's really funny. Yeah, Bullstag's got a dirt face. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he looks like a Muppet on that uh, on that second page, that third panel on the second page of the backup story. And there's a shot of Hella. He hits the googly eyes. <laughs> he does. He looks like 
He looks like Fozzie Bear or something, doesn't he right there? Waka waka waka. I would think a cookie monster. Cookie monster, there you go. Because he has his hand right there. He's like throwing you the cookies and right. he's talking. <laughs> he's eating hella cookies. <laughs> well, going back to the story proper, of course, uh, you know, the big, the big thing I took away from this beyond the recorder thing is um, ego in human form. I, I didn't remember this. I was not aware before I ever read the story. And like I said, I just read it for my first time, uh, maybe a month ago. Um, this, this came as quite a shock that he could even do this. And then I immediately forgot it because when I reread it today for the show, I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, so I had talked to some, I I don't know if we we had talked, you you and I talked about it, Scott, but I know I've talked at least on one of these shows or in person with somebody saying, you know, oh, well, how could that guy be a planet? Well, because I'm sure right. he can manifest stuff on the planet. I'm sure he can manifest himself in some type of human form. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I was really curious how they were going to pull that off in the movie because I was hoping it wasn't a case where he, like, becomes a planet or something stupid, you know? Now, so are we going to get a big Kurt Russell face on a planet? That would be awesome. <laughs> I hope so. You know, I do this- hope that. Yeah, I do too. At this point, I hope that uh, you know that that Marvel has learned that they can basically be as ballsy as they want if they present it the right way. People will go for it because the stuff they've given us so far. I mean, I haven't heard anybody balk. You know, I haven't heard anybody go, "Oh, you know the part where the where the aircraft carrier flew that was really stupid." And you know, and years ago, that stuff would have been really dumb. It it wouldn't have worked, but in this particular universe, the way they've set it up, you know, in in the movie universe, that stuff is just it, it works. You know, so when we get things like, you know, talking raccoons and walking trees yeah. and celestials, yeah. it's pretty damn cool. So, yeah, hell yeah, I want Ego the planet with the face talking to me. I think that would be freaking awesome. I would <laughs> yeah, love that. I, I want that. That's yeah. If we go back to our thing before about what we want for the movie, I want that. And actually, I just thought of it. I want Cosmo the dog talking to somebody too. Oh, that would be awesome. You know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping they do because I'm hoping that the that to me would really show conclusively we have learned our lesson from things like Rise of the Silver Surfer. Now, I like that movie, and I'm not trying to dog on it. But like most everybody else bitches about, I think they really missed a great opportunity when they didn't pull the trigger on Galactus, when they came so close and were yeah. doing such a good job, and then they back off at the last minute and he's just a clout. I think that was a real cop-out. So I think they run the risk with this movie of doing the same thing. If you're going to have a, a character in there called Ego, you know, and you damn well better present him you know, comic book style with, with, you know, as being a big freaking planet with a goofy face on it, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm fully prepared for that. I'm hoping they, I'm hoping they go that route. Yeah, I want to see I that. We'll I, see. I'd also, I would really like to, and this isn't necessarily for your benefit, Al, but I would really like to see Warlock in this. I know we're supposed I, to I've see been her. waiting. I know that we're supposed to see her, but I want to see yeah. Warlock too. But I'm confused because it looks like a whole race of hers. I don't necessarily want to see that. But then again, who knows? If they give me that and it turns out to be good, you know, yeah. I'll, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt yet on, on this stuff because the Marvel Cinematic movies, they haven't made one that I don't like yet. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I so. give them a lot of slack. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm, I'm not going to criticize anything that they do until I see something I don't like. I haven't actually seen that. I've heard some ideas that they've come up with where I thought, oh, I don't know. And every time it's always worked out okay. So at this yeah, point, most I, of... I have to say, let me wait and see. 
Yeah, most of the things I've had an issue with are been like minor or like plot things, but not how they presented the characters, let's say. I'm yeah. not expecting to see Adam Warlock in any huge role in it. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's again, you know, in, in not necessarily an Easter egg at this point, because he was already an Easter egg in the first one, or actually at the end of uh, Thor Dark World. But that could have been I, I, with her. I, well, yeah, it wasn't necessarily. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. Come to think of it. Oh yeah, but, I didn't think about that. But you know, I, I I do fully expect that somehow or other he will be set up in this. I I so, wouldn't mind if he's if you don't see him at all and he ends up being one of the post credits. One of the posts. Yeah, that's exactly what I was that. thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I, I, sorry. Go on. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say I, I I would too. Although honestly, I'm half at this point not expecting it. I mean, we're so close to Infinity War and they have so many of the stuff already. In, shown up i would not be surprised if he wasn't at all in these movies but do you think i wouldn't be surprised but i'd like him to be oh, yeah, yeah i'd like i'd like him to be as well because you know seeing as how he does play uh you know an incredibly important role in the original uh you know those those two annual story where where galactus or excuse me not galactus where thanos gets taken down I, I kind of wonder now I know they're going more the infinity gauntlet story route or, or supposedly using that as more their inspiration but still I can't help but wonder if you know if you know they couldn't bring Adam Warlock in to kind of you know play a role as well whether he's the one that necessarily takes him down or not but I don't know then again they might not do that only because it would seem kind of weird if all of a sudden you know this guy who hasn't really gotten much build up or much screen time suddenly sails in and he's the one that takes him out or something like that so i, I don't know it could go it could go either way well it would depend on how they build him up too right you know you, you don't necessarily have to give him a lot of screen time but if you develop the character through reference even then when he finally shows up you know it could be that's what we were waiting for i don't know Right. I, you know, I, I don't know anything, and I don't want to know anything until I actually see the movie. So I'm you know, trying we to talk, remember. We talked about the spoiler thing before. You know, my general rule, and I break this rule too often, but my general rule is, if I know for a fact I'm going to see the movie, I will not click on anything to see the trailer. Right. Right. And I've, I have broken that rule because I did look at the uh, the Thor Ragnarok trailer. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> yeah, I try and do that, and then I see, and then half the time I see the things and they say don't click unless you want to know and i go i don't i want to know i want to know because <laughs> i'm five it's like no i don't. yes i do tell me tell me tell me oh I, damn I it i wish i didn't look because when the ragnarok trailer opened i i said oh you got to see this it looks awesome and he was like nope i don't want to see it Harry. and he's basically he's adopted my rule he knows he wants to see the movie he doesn't want to see the trailer i mean there's definitely room for warlock to be worked in before we get to Infinity War, because you know we have Guardians two, we have Thor Ragnarok. Isn't Captain Marvel before? I think oh, Infinity that's War. True. That's right. Because I was so, trying to think of what movies would be space like, and yeah, that one could work right. too. Because I mean, you could always build him up as a character that doesn't necessarily have his his own set of movies, and still have enough time potentially if it's done right before we get to infinity war that he's he's established enough because you know the example i'm thinking of is like roadie for example you know war machine obviously has not had his own picture but he's a pretty fully formed character by now just by his appearances the few times we've seen him over the course of the the iron man and avengers movies so no that's true well, you, or you could Coulson. have a, you could have a yeah. storyline where if you want to have Warlock as the deus ex machina who, who was going to defeat Thanos, 
and you could have kind of innuendo to that going on throughout and then our heroes who are clearly you know physically outclassed by thanos and cannot defeat him on their own their quest ends up being to somehow free or get hold of warlock so that he can defeat thanos right so right. that you know this way you have their heroic moment to get him and then you have his heroic moment of you know turning thanos to stone or, so, or what you know however you want to do it so making him the MacGuffin. Effectively, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think more. Yeah, like he's what, I think more the Deus Ex Machina. Playing devil's advocate, though, if say say all this comes to fruition and, and Warlock is the guy, does that steal thunder from um, Drax? Well, they because... they changed Drax's uh, reason for existing from hatred of Thanos to hatred of Ronan. But at the yeah. end of Guardians, they. <laughs> Reveal they he said oh it's actually Thanos I have to kill because right Ronan worked for Thanos yeah but right he didn't he didn't kill Ronan either so that's <laughs> I think, that's I think very true I think there's hey, some yeah. element of it that you just see him futilely trying but never getting there well remember how long right. did it take Drax to kill Thanos in the comics anyway I mean he's created in the early 70s he doesn't kill Thanos until Annihilation right that's what 40 years. <laughs> yeah. So, and he goes so through a lot of Avengers twenty five or thirty. He can he can do it. And he goes through a lot of changes through that. He from being mindless. Um, well, and he was also the father, the recreated, reanimated father of uh, Moon Dragon. Right. Yeah. So I'm trying to remember yeah. my history on that. And didn't Thanos kill him at least once before he, in turn, oh, Jax was killed many times, and each yeah. time. Yeah. Well, he killed him the first time when he was right, human. Right, right. <laughs> Thanos was basically buzzing Earth and went, yeah, they might have saw me. Yeah, let's kill them. Oh, look, there's what a car on the road. Arthur Douglas. Arthur Douglas. And she's Heather Douglas. Right. He should be married to Ava Gabor. Because if you read those original stories, when they do the origin of Moondrag and the origin of Drax, they at first don't tell you they're related, but if you read both of them, you realize it's the same origin. Right. So that was, you know, that was kind of cool the way they did that. And then, like, later on, they reveal it. It's like, yeah, that's your daughter, dummy. <laughs> and he still didn't care. He's like, I'm going to kill Thanos anyway. He is completely, like, I the guess. Drax in the movie is actually restrained compared to the original one. Yeah. Now, is, is Moondragon supposed to be in this at all? Oh, God, I hope not. Uh, I know Mantis, but... Ball yeah, I mean, freak. Oh, sorry. And just, just by way of trivia, and Al, I think you'd know this, but just uh, Scott and Bill, do you know what name... Moon Dragon was originally introduced under. <laughs> oh, Belladonna? No. <laughs> Nothing that good. Just because it's such a bad name. It is. Oh, yeah. I you, remember, you but I can't remember. Put it this remember. way, you could have sold her as a burger and fries. Uh, the Whopper? Her name was Madame McEvil. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard that before. Now that you like, say that. It was like the issue right before, Iron Man issue right before or right after the Thanos. Like it was, was either it? 54 or 56. I think it was right before. Wasn't she betrothed to Mayor McCheese? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> then she appeared in Daredevil for a while when Steve Gerber was writing it. See, I've yeah. just read all those, too. Because, I, like I say, I'm working my way through early Marvel. So I, Screamer. I, yeah, I just read that. Yeah, and it was it was freaking ridiculous. You covered yeah. that, didn't you? Yeah, we covered the last three issues of those Daredevil ones. Uh, five, six, and seven. 105, 106, and 107. Yeah, they were insane. Well, Angar was the best with- part. Did, uh, Matt Murdock fights the giant thing as Matt Murdock. He's swinging into action. Yeah. Captain right. Marvel comes swinging in. He comes in at the very end. Oh, that's what it was. It wasn't. I'm sorry. It wasn't my early Marvel read through. It was the. It was the Thanos read through that I was doing. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be more of that Ron stuff. Reed. Yeah. 
he's still living with Black Widow. He's like, but I like this girl now. She's going to come over and hang out with us. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's looking such for the a dick. He's looking for the triple play. All right, so we should probably rank this because otherwise we're going to cover one book tonight. Oh, yeah. Scott? All right. Uh, do you want me to go first? Your book? I'll Your go rank. first because it was my book. All right, let's see here. Um... As far as the artwork goes, uh, I'm probably going to shock everybody because I, I think I've garnered a, an, an unfair uh, reputation as being the Kirby hating guy, but I love this. I think this is really great. Um, I, I love the look of it. I love the action, uh, you know, the frenetic pace of it. I, I love just the visuals. It's, it's really, really great stuff. I think the only thing that, uh, that drags it down is, uh, is Coletta's inks. But it's not his usual hatchet job. I can still tell that it, that it's you know he's taking it down a notch. He's not my preferred inker on this stuff, but uh, you know it's not as bad as as it could be. It's not as bad as it is in the backup feature. Um, so overall, just because of the the inking, I'm gonna go. Uh, I think I'm gonna go a B plus on this. But I really really like the look of it. I think it's really fantastic. Um, the story, I'm going to give the story a straight up A, even for some of the, the, the wonky bits and there's a couple goofy parts in it and everything. Um, I enjoy it. I think it's incredibly innovative. I think it's a hell of a lot of fun. I love the relationship between Thor and the recorder. And even though I didn't like the high evolutionary, um, parts of it, I like how the pacing of it goes where interspersed with Thor and the recorder story, you have the next storylines being set up uh, in the couple little breaks here. And there's also the story with um, oh, Tana Nile. What, yeah. The, the Rigelian woman who's basically trying to conquer the earth. And I, I love that. There's a nice little resolution to that uh, where she basically gets stymied by her own people, which I thought was really cute. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing, uh, honestly, in the whole thing that I, I kind of have a low opinion of, I don't dig the cover. Um, I'm really not crazy about it. Strangely, I like the inking on the cover, but I like the inking a lot more than I actually like the art itself, which is kind of odd. Uh, I do like how Thor looks, except his proportions are all freaky weird. This actually reminds me a lot of that that cover. I'm trying to think, who is it on the... I think it's Daredevil and Cap in a boxing ring? where the proportions are all screwed up and like his, his foot or hand or something is bigger than his head. You know, you know the one I'm talking about? That's a Kirby one too. It's all kind of weird proportion. And this one is a lot like that. Ego doesn't look like, you know, look anything like he looks inside the book. So, you know, points off for that. So I'm not crazy about the cover. Um, the cover, I think I would go a, uh, uh, I think I go like a B minus on the cover, which isn't a harsh grade. I still I still dig elements of it. It's just not as good as I, I think it should be for how great the story inside is. So, uh, like I say, B minus on the cover. Um, oh, I didn't rank the story. The, the story I think I'm going to give a straight up A. Uh, so A for the story and a uh, B plus for the art. So overall, I'm going to say uh, I'll say an A minus overall for the overall book because I, I dig this one a lot. I think it's really cool. All right. Um... Next. I'm going to start with the cover and say I kind of like it in theory. Right. This is this is not Kirby's best work. His proportions on uh, Thor are poor. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the biggest thing that detracts from it. I think if Thor looked a little bit better, that I would like this, that it's dynamic. It's it's not it's not a, you know, just a standard cover. It's, a, you know, it's a little bit atypical in just the whole setup. But 
just the poor, the poor, like especially on his legs. Yeah. The, the the poor anatomy on Thor really hurts it. Now I wonder if some of that is is inking or if that's actually the way it was penciled. But either way, I think that take that that takes away from it and takes what could be a real solid cover and knocks it down to a. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I'm loath to say it for a Kirby, but I'm gonna say a C plus. I, I, I at least Kirby from this era. I mean, there's some later stuff that might be that level, uh, but this era, I, you know, I expect all the stuff to be at least in the B category. Right. Um, the interior art, uh, despite the fact that I think there may be a couple little shortcuts by Vince Coletta, I think it's an A. I, I, I don't really see a lot that I can criticize at all in the artwork. Uh, I, I see very, very little that I can criticize. It's just, and, and I see so much that I can praise. So I'm going to give this the uh, artwork an A, and I'm going to give the story an A as well. Uh, so I'll, overall, I'll have it average out to a B plus, just being brought down a little bit by the cover. But really solid, fun book, fun ideas. And that's one of the things, to me, that's one of the touchstones of Kirby work, is he just came up with these incredible concepts. And then when you added Stan Lee and just to ground them a little bit, uh, you know, they, they were just great to read. You know, some of the Kirby stuff without Stan Lee there, just, you know, just a little too far out. But conceptually, nobody beat Kirby. Oh, you can go ahead, Al. Okay. So cover, yeah, I mean, it, it is a good cover, pretty, pretty decent cover, but there are some things. It's mostly the Thor wonkiness. Like that one hand just looks so, my eyes keep going to it because it looks so wrong. Like it's somebody else's hand on there. And it doesn't fit. Even you know, Ego looks different, but I can deal with that. But it just that hand and the proportions of Thor just look so weird to me. Because otherwise, it's a pretty good cover. It's a pretty nice cover. I give it a solid B. And actually, I'm put story and art together. I give them both an A. Because I was thinking about it. This is basically a pretty damn good example, though, of like really good why Marvel was hot in the Silver Age. You know, you have these exciting, still pretty exciting cover, and then you get the story, and it has all the action you want of it. It still has a story, something story, and this is like Stan and Jack really working well together. Now, whether it was them actually talking about it first, and then Jack drew, or Jack drew it, and Stan had to figure out, okay, let me put the, how am I putting this together to make sense when I write it. But either way, this is them really working, meshing and working well together. And this is like a great example of this is why Marvel was awesome in the Silver Age. Read this comic. This will show you why. Uh, yeah, the cover. I mean, we got to have the the get off my lawn old man face there. And <laughs> we just got to cut that out of this book. Not not physically. You know what I mean? But yeah, if you cut it out of the original artwork, yeah, of course, you yeah. buy it and get a scissor. Get a razor knife, you know, cut through all the pages at once. Oh, sorry, sorry. I just need to put it through the digital book copy <laughs> on my screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened? But um, yeah, if Thor just looked, it, this would be this would be like an A cover if Thor was just proportion right. If his waist was turned, his leg was in the right like his other leg just completely disappears. His cape. It's like it's not even touching the ground. It doesn't make any sense how he's standing. It's like really, really off-putting. Um, it's like he's half his body is a completely different size from the other half. So I, I gotta give it like a C plus. The interior art is good. Um, yeah, we don't have as much eraser as we normally have seen. Um, it's and even the second story, it's for a short story 
it's still got a decent, you know, it doesn't look like there's been too much erasures, but except for the dirt face of Volstag. Oh, yeah. Kind of goofy. But uh, that's not worth grading. So um, I'm going to give the art an A minus and the story an A plus. So, uh, you know, like an A minus book, B plus book, somewhere in there. Okay. That's all so I that's, got. That's our introduction of Ego the Living Planet. Ego. So we'll move on from there to my book, which came out in August of 1973, uh, which is the introduction, effectively, of Mantis, who will be we don't have this to. movie. Yes, this we one. do. Yes, of we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she first appeared. She actually had a cameo before this, but this is her first full appearance, which was in Avengers number 114. Cameo. And everybody wants the. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> Cameo. Word up. Never mind. Let me let me actually get my book in front of me before I start discussing it. And the cover is by John Romita, and it shows the full-sized swordsman and mantis standing over the symbolically little group of Avengers, including Iron Man, the Vision, Black Panther, Captain America, Scarlet Witch, and Thor. Who are being overcome by some type of energy, presumably from the swordsman's sword, or or from Mantis's hands, because she doesn't actually have any energy Maybe projecting power. But we've already established that we don't have to show real things on the cover. Maybe Doctor Shrinker got him here. <clears throat> the the uh, maybe, maybe they use some pin particles. They're in Doctor Doom's little town. <laughs> oh, the little Pusians, yeah. Swordsman is saying, "Once it was my fondest wish to become an Avenger, but now." And Mantis says, Now they fall like pawns between your power and the power of Mantis. And she's got a really little waist. And uh, the cover is by John Romita. I think it's pretty cool overall. The story, The Knight of the Swordsman, is written by Steve Englehart, penciled by Bob Brown, inked by Mike Esposito, colored by Petra Goldberg, lettered by Artie Simic, and edited by Roy Thomas. The story opens to the Scarlet Witch looking out of an open window with the symbolic shadow of doom around the window. And in case we're not quite smart enough to get that symbolism, the text actually says that it's symbolic. Really? Hmm. Yes. Okay. You didn't, yeah, you didn't guess... catch that? It says, uh, the shadows of anger and fear uh, play across her troubled face. It is the shadow she cannot see, the symbolic shadow of coming doom. See, I thought maybe that was life. the shadow of the thing that we see later in the book. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't I think it was so. the shadow of Cobra, who I kept waiting to show up. Cobra! Yeah. <laughs> so this story takes place at a time when Wanda's dealing not only with the anti-mutant uh, agenda in the world, but also the fact that she's in love with the Vision, which is considered a perversion to those who consider him to be nothing more than a machine. So, Wanda strolls the building and comes across the Vision, testing his recuperation from injuries sustained in an attack in the prior issue. And he's doing so by engaging Captain America and Iron Man in battle. And Vision triumphs by using his intangibility to allow the other's fists to go through him and each punch the other in the mush. Nice. Which you gotta think that would hurt Cap a lot more than it would hurt Iron Man. Yeah. You know, okay, you hit me with your flesh and blood fist in my iron face. Especially <laughs> since he was just diamond hard, which means Iron Man's probably trying to hit harder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're lucky Cap's head didn't just go, and fly off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, not again. 
<laughs> Be like Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> we have a stash of 40s patriotic heroes. Get another one. Put them in the costume. <laughs> Quick, get the Patriot! Oh, sorry. So Wanda takes exception to Cap noting that the fact that he's an android, the, that the fact that he's an android allowed him to recover more quickly, and she just, you know, kind of gets all pissed at him for that, when really, you know, she could have waited till later in the issue and gotten pissed at Cap for being a dick later. Didn't, anyway. <laughs> didn't you kind of get the feeling that she, like, did her head, like, back and forth from the side to side, like, mm-mm, not my oh, man. No, you didn't. Oh, no, Not to my man. <laughs> he's all man. Mm-mm. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, so to blow off steam, she changes into a short skirt and some FMBs and takes a walk at, at a construction site. Sorry, I got that. Shockingly, the construction workers start to talk to her about the finer points in life, and at some point, somehow enraging her, and she hexes one of them, throwing him against a hot dog cart. He quickly rebounds and smacks her across the chops. But he cut. Don't, don't you see the irony? Because right before that, she calls him a pig. Then she throws him into a hot dog cart. Yeah, you pig! You stinking human pig! Wham! I thought, I thought that, it, like, if you were gonna, if you were gonna make this into one of those power records, they should have had Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Lousy inhuman bastards! Uh, anyway, <laughs> where was I? The, the, okay, the, uh, the big pig quickly rebounds and smacks her across the chops. But before he can inflict any further damage, Mantis comes out of nowhere and gives him about, oh, 200 punches to the face and then escorts Wanda home. The menfolk object to Mantis coming into the mansion, but based upon some ego massaging, they're about to let her in. Because Wanda says, ooh, you can't, you know, with the might of the Avengers, you got to be afraid of her? Yeah, okay, that's a good security measure that they have there. Anyway, uh, out of nowhere, the swordsman shows up, and we get a quick recap of his criminal career, ultimately leading him to a Vietnamese dive bar where Mantis found and rehabilitated him. And they're both hanging out at this bar in costume, which yes. I just kind of find to be amusing. I um, like drunk swordsmen in costume. It's yeah. a great look. It's same as regular swordsmen, just add stubble. Yeah. And, and, and beer and, and bottle. Yes. And and the uh, I think I'm pretty sure the uh, the guy behind the bar is uh, what was the uh, what was the horror horror movie with the floating the what's called. The guy at the funeral home and the floating sphere. Phantasm. Phantasm. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the guy behind the bar is from Phantasm. Boy! Anyway, so now Swordsman's come to ask for an opportunity to go straight and rejoin the Avengers. Because he had been an Avenger on a uh, kind of a trick. He had gotten them to let him in and then he betrayed them. So this starts a debate which ultimately ends with the Swordsman being offered a probationary spot with the team. Mantis right, doesn't want to join but asks to be allowed to stay with the swordsman, which they accept, and then she kisses each of the male Avengers, leaving a big-ass lipstick mark on every one of their derp faces. Yeah, even Iron Man's armor has a derp face. <laughs> oh, girl. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> My mama told me. Like, like Thor's never kissed a woman, but look at him. Cap's like, she only kissed me on the cheek. She kissed Thor yeah, on she the got, lips. She got him on the cleft chin. And look, look at the vision. It's sad. Oh, somebody kissed me. So we, we get two panels of the swordsman fighting alongside Thor, followed by Thor immediately recommending him for full membership. 
there's, there's no point in really having a montage scene where we can just do it all in two panels. Because they're yeah. fighting some of uh, uh, Namor's uh, castaways or something. Yeah, there. that's what they look like in that first one, and then some sort of robot in the second one. And Vision and the Black Panther decide to test the swordsman in battle, and he manages to best both of them, but ends the battle saying, the swordsman doesn't kill anyone now. Which is a statement that will be proven false in upcoming issues, by the way. Doesn't kill anybody. He could have held. My God, you, you. At least the Black Panther's got a concussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gives him a shot he threw up the pommel of his sword right into his forehead, into the top of his head. What an a-hole. Sorry. So sometime like later, that. the Avengers are chilling, watching Hawkeye on the news. When Swordsman talks about how much better he is than Hawkeye. So from there, Swordsman and Mantis get together, and Mantis uses her limited mystical knowledge, whatever the heck that is, uh, <laughs> to call forth the Lion God, a freaky-looking dude who had appeared two issues earlier. They lead the Lion God into the mansion and aid him in battling the Avengers, easily defeating them. And so with Black Panther tied to a pole among some kindling, the Lion God is about to set him afire until the Swordsman and Mantis do some kind of BS moves to hypnotize him. And Iron Man triggers a tube of adamantium. <laughs> <laughs> a tube of adamantium that comes down and captures him because he happens to be standing in exactly the right spot at that moment. And Mantis tells our heroes that she had sensed this malignant force and that they were just playing along to lure the Lion King into a trap. The uh, <laughs> Lion King. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. That yeah, makes Cap's sense. Not, Cap's not buying it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just, it's like, okay, you know what, we built this all up for whatever it is, 20 pages, uh, we got to explain it in one panel, just go ahead, quick. <laughs> so, do do, do we have, have a resolution here? Uh, yeah, uh, she sensed it, she's special. With her limited mystical powers that we're never going to see again. So when the Lion God first appears, for some reason, I, I maybe it's because we're doing a, we got a Guardians theme going on, I heard the, uh, I heard blue suede. Ooga chaka, ooga. <laughs> I can't fight the lion god. The lion returns for you. So overall, this is not Steve Englehart's finest effort. This is not Bob Brown's finest effort. Although I don't think Bob Brown had a finest effort. Um, hey, <laughs> I like Bob Brown on Superboy. Yeah, that's nice for you. Um, <laughs> maybe that's where you should have yeah. stayed. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking actually. You know, I, 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 this 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 is it's, it's introducing a character that we're going to see in the movie that I hope turns out to be fun in the movie. Uh, and you know, we had the Celestial Madonna story that we are currently covering in Avengers Spotlight, but uh, yeah, this just isn't great. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Bob Brown died before you can get probably get much better, get to uh, a lot better, because he died back in the uh, 70s. I think he was supposed to take over Wonder Woman. Oh well, now now I feel bad. Although he did do one thing, he did. I believe I'm pretty sure he co-created because he did draw the first appearance of a uh, bullseye. Oh yeah, that's right. So you know he has that going for him, which well, did is nice. It's, it's, I, I, I like Bob Brown. He'll get, he'll get a turtle. Uh, what, what is it? When when I die, uh, you'll get a. What does what does he get? Um, uh, knowledge? No. Um, there'll be no money, but when you die, you'll get. I can't even think of what it is. Yeah, what I can't we talking about? Caddyshack. Oh. Mm. I said, hey, no Lama, have a little something, you know, uh, for the effort. He says, oh, there'll be no money. Enlightenment? Is that well, it? When you die, you'll get Gratitude? total consciousness. Total consciousness. Total consciousness. So I got that going for me. 
which is nice. It's nice. Sort of consciousness. Sorry about that. That's okay. I, but I need. Okay. I needed to. I needed that would have bugged me all night. Yeah, to exercise those demons. Wake up in the middle of the night screaming, "Total consciousness!" Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. This is not Engelhart's best. I mean, it it's Bronze Age craziness, which I I always enjoy. But I mean, if you think about it, like for instance, hey, we got this guy who has no powers. He has a sword. It can shoot some lasers, but that's it. Who's gonna hang out with him to make sure he's not gonna screw us over? Let's see. Black a Vietnamese Panther. prostitute. Oh wait, sorry. <laughs> well, that's afterwards. But like Black Panther, Cap, ah, the Thunder God. He's perfect to hang out with you. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a Thunder God, <laughs> and I'm a criminal till the end. I mean, well, I was they... thinking about that in the montage scene. I'm thinking because it says here, in the days which follow, Thorin and the Swordsman are always side by side, no matter where the blonde hair may be. And I'm thinking. Thor has got to love being saddled with this loser the Thor's entire like, I'm time. I'm going to the bathroom. Could you get out? <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what was going on in Thor's own title at this time. You know, did he really have nothing better to do than pal around with this with this guy? Yes, as they, sidle up, as they sidle up to the urinals in their men's room, <laughs> Thor says, the water's cold, and Swordsman says, deep, too. <laughs> Terrible joke, sorry. That was a terrible joke. Sif is not like your girlfriend. Stop offering her money. <laughs> I don't know. I've gotta I've gotta object slightly to uh, to what you said though about the, the Bob Brown art. I think what brings the art down in this, honestly, I think it's Mike uh, Esposito because Lately, whenever we we do a book and it's Esposito, looking back on it now, I, I you know I used to like this guy when I was a kid, but looking at this, it's you know being very familiar with Bob Brown's art, uh, I can tell you he's better than this, and he's better than this in this era. So I'm blaming a lot of the shortcomings on the art on Esposito, because there's there's there are some. Uh, I don't know if there's any outright pages, you know, where the entire page shows it, but there are some great panels that show off, you know, uh, Brown's ability. Because his fight between um, the Swordsman, the Vision, and the Black Panther in, you know, the whatever the hell that is, Danger Room or whatever, is really good. But especially on page 22 the bottom three panels where Mantis takes out Thor, that's epic. And that, uh, the third panel on that page where she, where she, you know, the panel where she's actually hitting him in the neck. I mean, that's very Neil Adams ish right there. That's a great panel. So, I mean, the guy's got chops. He, he actually is a really good artist. It's just, I, I think he's being hampered by some very inconsistent inking because you look at that particular panel that I just pointed out where she's hitting Thor and it's nicely inked. It's thin lines. It's you know, it, it's just the right application. But then two pages later, where they're putting their magic whammy spell on the Lion God, where you know he's using his sword to hypnotize him. However, the hell that works. <laughs> that it, it's all kinds of a mess. It's thick. It's thin. It's it's very inconsistent. It's uh, that middle panel on page twenty-seven looks like Frank Robbins or something. It, so it's. Yeah, it's all over the place in the inking. So that's what I think gives it the uneven feel. I don't know. I, I feel free to disagree, but I, I'm just saying I, I know Bob Yeah, because when you go to the last page, the, feces, uh, the feces, the faces are much more... <laughs> well, what do you really think of it? 
the faces are much more detailed in the inking than they have been the past couple pages. Especially with the close-up of Mantis. She looks really... She looks pretty good. Whereas yeah. on other pages, she was very... There just wasn't a lot of line work in her face. Right. See, I've, I've often found that Mike Esposito is the type of inker that neither makes the original pencils better nor worse. He's he's more of what I would... You know, when people talk about inkers and that don't appreciate the art that can go into inking, he's more of what I would consider a tracer. Yeah. But I don't think he brings art down. He just doesn't bring it up. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I can see that, I guess. You know, it's like if I inked. I don't know. I mean, I might... As long as you give me lines to stay with, I'm good. I'm willing to. I'm willing to admit that there's probably a little bit of uh, of nostalgia talking there too, because you know, in a lot of ways, Brown was was my Superboy artist when when I was a kid, really getting into Superboy because he was doing Superboy during that time where they had de-aged the Kents, and it was just really prior to uh, it becoming Superboy and the Legion. So there were some really good stories in there, in particular the one where Superboy uh, finds his parents floating out in space. And I've always loved <laughs> that say, story. Finds his parents doing the deed. <laughs> right. Ah. <laughs> and is scarred for life, yeah. Yeah, they look like Manus on page 19, calling <laughs> to, the, uh, to the Lion God guy. <laughs> Legs in that weird position, back arched, arms arms in the air. Wait, sorry, I said too much. No, but I, you know, I'm I'm never going to criticize you for letting nostalgia take a hold of you because how many times have I defended Frank Robbins on the show? Right. <laughs> so, I, I can't yeah. do that in in good faith and criticize you for liking Bob Brown. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to look up to see how if this was closer to his death, but it's not. It doesn't look to be that close to see if maybe that was part of the reason because I have seen not all of them. It's not like like you said before, Scott. It wasn't all issues but it was maybe pages or big panels were like in warlock where he did some stuff i thought was really cool it wasn't the entire issue worth let's say but there were certain right. spots he did some cool stuff right but now i gotta go back and look at that and see like who inked it who you know like was it i don't think it was mike esposito but you know is that just maybe him does he just have like okay stuff of spots of awesomeness right i mean he's you know i'm not trying to build him up too much. I mean, he's not one of my favorites or anything. I'm just saying that, you know, I, I've seen him do some some decent stuff. Um, I'm not sure that he was necessarily suited to the Avengers, although, again, you know, there's there are some moments here I really like. That, that fight, from about the moment where the Black Panther's jumping off the, whatever that is, the diving board or whatever, through the rest of the fight right there is, is pretty awesome. I like that moment. And silence ensues. <laughs> Yeah, this, I mean, I think this has the feeling to me of being rushed a little bit. They're just they're just trying to throw too much in. He's he's fully rehabilitated all in one issue. Then he betrays them, and then they realize, oh, he wasn't really betraying them. You know, it was all just a ruse for them to protect them. There's just a little bum, bit too bada, bum, much bum, crammed bum, in bum, here, bum. and I and I think that may be the byproduct of them wanting to get to the Avengers Defenders clash. Yeah, because that's the next issue. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, you know they had uh, to get they had to get an extra couple of members in there, and I wonder if they uh, you know we as we record this it hasn't posted yet, but the second part of the Celestial Madonna story that we recorded quite some time ago uh, involves spoilers the death of the swordsman probably about a year <gasps> after this what and I wonder no. if if I didn't they know he was knew sick. that. 
I wonder if they knew that when they uh, when they did this. You know that 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 was it, planned all along be, that we're going to kill him off. So, are you saying beefing up the roster to match the the number of members that were in the defenders? I think did the def- to manage whatever level of uh, you know yeah because they teamed off they the pairs the line yeah. pairs. Right. And I think it was the Avengers that had one more member because than the Defenders. So without them, they were one short, I guess. Right. Okay. Gotcha. I don't know. All that said, um, I, I still, <laughs> I just don't like this character. She was okay. I mean, she was tolerable when she came back much later, and she would, you know, right around the time of um, Annihilation. And she was with the uh, the Guardians for a time. She was okay with with that stuff. For some reason, she got colored green, and I forget. I don't know if that had to do with the, because she would bonded the, with the, the Coty or whatever the they Kotai, were. Yeah, the broccoli yeah. guys. Whatever yeah. they are. No, the broccoli yeah. people got killed by Phoenix. This was the tree people. <laughs> I thought they were the same. Broccoli trees. They're they're flipping green. Whatever. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm a racist because they're green. <laughs> it's not easy being green. No, being a racist. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great it, Paul. Okay, the cover. I think that's easily the strongest piece of art in this book. Uh, despite Mantis's incredibly thin waist. She's, she's got, also she's got, wearing a different outfit than she is in the interior, too. She's got Wilma Flintstone waist. <laughs> um... Thinking, but I still really like this cover. I think I think the cover is again the best piece of art in the book. Uh, I'm gonna say a B plus on the cover. The interior art, I cannot. I, I, I you know what? I'm gonna give it a C because there's a couple of moments that aren't bad. Uh, there's some moments that are very bad, but I'm gonna average it out to a C because you can follow the story and it's all right. The story itself, again, I just feel they crammed too much in. I think this this would have done much better if it was decompressed over about maybe three issues instead of one. But they, again, I think they wanted to get to the Avengers Defenders Clash. I think they, you know, they were planning that as really the first big event storyline that I can think of in Marvel history. It is. And, uh, you know, I, I think they wanted to get to that quickly, so this story suffers for it a little bit. I'm going to give the story a C minus because I just think it could be so much better. Although it still, you know, has some elements of enjoy of, of enjoyment in reading it. So overall, I'm going to give it a C rating. Um, I'm going to give the cover. It's a good cover. Yeah, except the the dress is not what she's got inside. But yeah, yeah, you can let that go. The swordsman looks pretty cool. Uh. Is it that the dress is different or just the coloring is different? Well, the it's, coloring... It's I don't think she's got the... Uh, she does have the crazy... Yeah, it's the coloring. The dress is pretty much the same. Yeah, all the colors are different. Because it, it's like a wrap. It's like a green and, and yellow wrap like on her arms and the and on her like looks, her legs. Looks like a bernoose, Mr. Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the things in her arms look more metallic on the cover. Yes, yeah. But yeah, inside I, they look like one of those Chinese finger puzzles. Try try to get her out of that. Oh, sorry. Um, Oh, finger cuffs. (laughs) A body cuff. Hello, nurse. 
So the cover, I'm going to give it A. The interior art, hey, there's a couple nice ones here and there. There's a couple. I like uh, I like drunk 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 swordsman. <laughs> Love drunk swordsman. It's the word his headpiece sitting in the Vietnamese bar. Derpy Iron Man, Goofy Thor, Bonked in the Head, Black Panther. Oh man, that had to hurt. Um, the art. I'm gonna give it a B minus, and the story. Yeah, a little. Like you said, it's kind of wrap up quickly to get to the next big big crossover we're going to have. Uh, seems like it's trying to get all the players on board so we can just move ahead. And um, uh, it's... Mm, I'm going to give the story a B as well. So that's... Mm, what about a B plus? B? Getting so tired I forgot what I gave it for the... Uh, yeah, yeah. B plus. <laughs> Wake up, Bill. Wake up. Wake up. Make up. Next. Al? All right. I'll go. Yeah. Um, I mean, the annoying thing about going third is, like, if you're agreeing with, you feel like you're just kind of copying. But, yeah, I mean, it's – I like Bob Brown, but when you have Bob Brown or Ramita, Ramita really has to suck to not be a, not be better. You know, <laughs> the cover is the best part, best artwork here. It It's pretty – it's really nice. Forgetting the things about, oh, it's symbolic and all that, it still looks really cool, really nice. I like it. It's a good solid B. You know, it's not the most exciting cover, but it's still really good. Inside artwork, that's the problem, like I said. Maybe that is Bob Brown. He has okay with some spots of, oh, that's cool. But then you got pages with, like, the kissing page, where everyone's face just looks really bizarre. So I – but then you have that fight, especially when the Black Panther gets his head smashed in with the sword. <laughs> it's like one lump or two. Two, please. <laughs> Ooh, lot of lumps. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to give the art it's still solid enough. I'm going to give it a C. And the story, yeah, it's okay. But, like, there's a lot of things, and maybe it's me looking at it now, but there's still some things I'm looking at. Even I feel like if I read it as a kid, I'd still be like, what? Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. You know, Thor and Swordsman hanging out all day? Although I do kind of want to see a miniseries of that. <laughs> Where they have a like an El Camino or something that they drive yeah. around in. <laughs> Just the good old drink. boys. <laughs> I can see them drinking together. I can see that. And then like the swordsman, I'm going to hypnotize you with my sword. I, I got to give the story only a C2. So at best, I'm giving this whole thing a C plus. I could see Odin as Uncle Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Boss Hog then? Hmm. Tw- uh, Taurus. 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 <laughs> From the uh, oh God, Zodiac? The, the Zodiac, yeah, yep, yep. Egghead. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and Batrak right. could be Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. <laughs> oh, no one gets away from Chef Coltrane. Oh, 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 oh. I can leave right. the lake too. Oh. <laughs> Cover yeah, we still this. have a whole nother book to cover here, guys. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> cover on this, uh, I think I'm going to go a B on the cover. I uh, I really dig the cover, and that's pretty amazing because it has two characters I absolutely detest. I, I really don't like the swordsman, and I hates me some Mantis. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, kudos to Ramita that uh, he still does a great job. I mean, I think this is the best the swordman, the swordsman's ever looked, you know, so far from from what I've seen of him. So yeah, I, I dig the cover. It's uh, it's semi semi iconic, I would say. Uh, interior are I, I you know I'm not blind to it. I agree there are a lot of inconsistencies. There there is some uh, weakness in there. Uh, I cannot stand that one panel on page twelve where Iron Man is smiling. Um, now I know that they often would do this in other books where you know despite it's supposed to be a static piece of metal that it would still emote. But this one's really bad because he's obviously like grinning like an idiot and it just it really looks dumb. But that said, there's other moments of absolute greatness. I still say that that panel of Mantis punching Thor in the neck is pretty damn cool. I really like that where she takes him out. So, you know, it, it's it's up and down. It's it's inconsistent. But overall, I still really dig it. So I'm going to give the R a B minus because I, I think it's more good than bad. Uh, really the tough one to grade is the story on this. It's okay. And it was, you know, it has its high points and everything, but yeah, the whole thing with, Oh, we were just kidding around, you know, and, and we, we played the lion God thing. Well, you know, you're on probation. So betraying the entire team to follow a hunch, probably not the smartest thing when they don't trust you to begin with. So the whole fact that it's wrapped up in like four panels at the end and all is forgiven and all that. Yeah. That's kind of stupid. So major points off for that major you know, points off what? for the introdu- uh, introduction of Mantis to begin with. Cause I still <laughs> think she's just shit. Characters. So you know, Scott, I, would... Scott, I think, I think they were on double secret probation since the beginning of the semester. <laughs> <laughs> I would go a straight up D on this. However, I did make note of one thing. She never, ever, one time refers to herself as this one throughout the entire story. So I'm going to upgrade it to a C minus because (laughs) I hate when she does that. It makes me nuts. Is that what drives you nuts most about her? Is that what you hate about her? The whole this one thing? That's a lot of it. Yeah. She's just, yeah. It's annoying enough when characters like the Hulk talk in the third person thing and she doesn't even do that she just does this really annoying you know this one and and just some of her speech patterns were i I don't know what they were going for with that you know i I really don't because it's not even like dated racist speech it's just like stupid you know what i mean i I just stuck up girl in high school that you hated that was real stupid and hung up on herself i mean but honestly i don't know i mean where they was Whoever it was, right? I guess Engelhart. I mean, was he going for a? I mean, was she supposed to sound like a Vietnamese person, and that—that's what he thought that they all how they referred to each other or something? I—I just don't know. But whenever I read her, you know, saying that, it just would bug the shit out of me, you know. Well, I can see my my experience is Vietnamese people do not speak to themselves that way; they speak (laughs) Vietnamese. Just, just, just an observation. Something gets lost in the translation, I think. I don't yeah, know. I guess. Well, real quick, because we have, I know we have to get to the next, the last book. But real quick, from what I read of her, it feels like, and this goes with her speech patterns too. All, if you look at all the ads at that time, and all the learn karate and learn kung fu and learn, you know, you can wabe or whatever that made up martial art was called, and all those wasabi. Things, you know, learn the secrets of the, you know, orient with, you know, karate. It looks like. 
that's what Mantis was. She was like a combination of all those ads into right. a person. Like all the Western world's imagination in the early 70s about what you could do with martial arts and control your body and have like have your senses attuned and be all in tune with the universe. And that's kind of like what Mantis is. She's like, oh, yeah, you could do that kind of stuff. You could, you know, hit a thunder god with his nerve points because you know where that is. And you have limited psychic and mystical abilities because you are attuned with the world and nature and whatever. And wear high karate. So my, my problem with her is, is to me. Like she, all that, she yeah. to me, she is a. Uh, I think what bugs me about her is that she's like a collection of missed opportunities, because she could have been really cool. Now you know, maybe there's people out there that think that she is, but to me, I look at her and I go, okay, I, I kind of see what they're going for, but for one thing, unless you catch this issue. And really pay attention to her introduction where she's talking about different styles of martial arts, where she's talking about in martial arts, there is the way of the eagle, the crane, the snake, and the praying mantis. Well, I don't remember her ever really saying that again. So I missed this issue as a kid. So I never understood why in the hell is she called the mantis? I kept waiting for her to have like insect powers for one thing. Plus she's got the stupid antenna. Nobody ever comments on her antenna in this entire issue. And I don't remember anybody ever doing it anywhere. So what's with the antenna? Is it an affectation? Are they real? Is she a freaking mutant? What What's going on with the antenna? That used to drive me nuts. Then there's her outfit that is just weird and bizarre. And I always got the feeling that she was going commando underneath that thing, which just added a kind of not so much a titillation factor, but kind <laughs> of like a, a like a creepy factor, like put hey. some damn underwear on. And then I know this seems really nitpicky, but the biggest thing Wear some damn shoes. She's got no nothing on her feet. She's going barefoot while they're, you know, I mean, look at page, again, back to page 22 where she takes down Thor. There's all that metal debris all over the floor. So she'd cut herself to ribbons running around barefoot. And it's just, it's little things like, it's the combination of all these little things that add up to me just going, wow, she's a really crap character. So I just, I'm sorry, I just never had any love for Mantis. So I don't know. I'm I'm very curious how they're going to use her in this movie, because one one thing I did see kind of looks like maybe she's ingloriously taken out in one scene. And I'm kind of hoping that that does play out in the movie because I will <laughs> laugh my ass off. So, so when I'm seeing that in the theater, if I hear somebody cheer at that moment, I'll be like, Scott, is that you? <laughs> Here's this loud laugh from Orlando. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Do we have time to do another book? Ah, Bill, I've got a book. I guess so. time to do another book. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I guess I'll just, you know, <laughs> it's just it's curve only the, my curve the enthusiasm just a little bit. No, no, no. I gotta psych myself up because I've got a character. I have a special guest for my synopsis after I and introduce the book. It isn't Little Ernie. It is yeah, not Little watch, Ernie. It is I'm not go Bill watch Cosby. TV for a while. Somebody messaged hey, me. Hey, hey. Although it's if her... Little Ernie can, ever comes back. He should start referring to himself as this one. <laughs> Question is, will, will my character's voice be able to hold out for this? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to be covering, because, you know, in case anybody didn't know, we were covering origin books for certain characters. And uh, so far we've done uh, Ego, Mantis, and now we're going to do Her. But in this book, Her is actually Paragon, 
who will later become her and then Kismet. And I, and I don't know. I tried to read the Wikipedia thing and they had three different paragons and I gave up. So is this the chicks with dicks episode? <laughs> it's just this. This is just troubling. So anyway, <laughs> I'm doing Incredible Hulk annual number six. Cover date is in nineteen uh, in nineteen nineteen seventy seven on sale date August third nineteen seventy seven for sixty cents. In our that's only because it's double sized. That's true. And our um, our title is Beware the Beehive. Beware the Beast Man. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Uh, the writer is Len Wein, penciler Herb Trimpey, inker Frank Giacoya, letterer Gaspar Saladano, Dino, whatever. No no relation. Yes. To me or Al. <laughs> <laughs> Colorist Janice Cohen. And the editor is Len Wein. And you can find this reprinted in Essential Hulk Volume 6 trade paperback out in 2010. And at this point, I will step aside and allow the Hulk to give the synopsis. And uh, I'll just get out of the <laughs> It'd still be funny if Little Ernie came out. <laughs> little Ernie. Oh, oh, little, 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 little gamma-irradiated Ernie. <laughs> On the cover, uh, Hulk doing what Hulk do best. Getting ready to smash as Magician Strange shoot an ugly Twinkie with arms while Manny Moe and Jack from Pet Boys Auto look on and back. <laughs> Before Hulk go on, Hulk want to talk about Stan Lee on the inside cover uh, ad. I don't know if you all have that out in podcast land. What happened to Stan Lee? Hulk not remember him looking like Tom Selleck with Reed Richards' hair. Hulk no majors. Holy majors. Uh, Hulk no like this picture. Must smash. Yet Hulk is strangely attracted to Stan. No, no, no. Hulk smash. No, no. Now on to book. Hulk and Magician meet to discuss the meaning of life when ugly big robot that look like oversized golden Herbie from the Fantastic Four make Tetris picture of Hulk. Hulk hate Tetris. Tetris, Hulk always lose to Rick Jones. Hulk show Rick Jones who is bitch. Magician make friends with robot and leave Hulk. Hulk sit on street and wonder what to do when Hulk see Magician and where he go. He and Manny Moe and Jack and now he want Hulk to come where he is. Hulk jump for a while, then go into water. Hulk is attacked by metal fish. Uh, Hulk, that's a that's a torpedo fired from a sub. Who's synopsizing book, Dr. Bill? Be quiet. Hulk ride metal fish because it going his way. Are you going to go my way? Oh. Hulk now see funny men tell magician how golden feeling of ugly Tweaky become man and leave them and fight Fantastic Four, and now they want Magician to help make new Twinkie. Uh, Hulk land on island and give thanks. No. Hulk not say thanks. He say thanks. Not tanks! Stupid humans attack Hulk with tanks. Hulk is tired of their beep. Wait, what make Hulk say beep? What the beep? Hulk hates censorship. Hulk make quick work of humans. Hulk see Magician helping men to make better Twinkie. Hulk, better hurry. Magician not look happy. Ground control to Major Hulk. Hulk make joke. Hulk not hear laughter, Dr. Bill. <laughs> yeah, funny Hulk. <laughs> Hulk find shiny bird in no space oddity, but Russian. It in Hulk's way and not last long, but bring little man inside back to ground. Hulk now see Magician turning knobs and dials and looking like he need to use restroom. Then Hulk have strange trip like when he eats Silver Surfer brownies. See man come out of Twinkie. Man named Paragon. Funny men tell Paragon to kill Magician. 
Hulk must hurry. Hulk find base that look like something seen before, then big noise. And Hulk get good tan, but no time to catch rays. When an explosion send Hulk to island in middle of ocean. Magician still fighting Paragon Man. Jesus, all he does. And losing. Now Hulk must find Magician. Hulk, but Hulk now surrounded by freaks. They carry Hulk, maybe to Magician. Bah, they think Hulk God and show him realistic sculpture of himself. But Hulk into abstract expressionism like Jackson Pollock or Cubism and Picasso. What, what, Hulk not all muscle, you know? Hulk smash the statue and leave. Oh, now back to the Magician still fighting. He winning, he losing, nothing to see there. Still must go save Magician. Finally, finally the Hulk come to island. But Magician on the dome to look like game Hulk play once as Little Hulk. Hulk can't remember game, name a game. So frustrating, right on tip of tongue. What is it? It make Hulk angry. Hungry smoke smashes him to rubble. Oh wait, the game was called Trouble. Hulk inside now. Hulk help Magician and fight Paragon. Then Magician do Hocus Pocus and Paragon become Kirby Crackle Man. Him say Manny Moe and Jack betrayed him. Not him, but other him, Hulk. Hulk hate when people refer to themselves in a the third person. <clears throat> Paragon now go mad. And <laughs> Paragon, Paragon now go mad and attack and smash. Is this what Hulk like? What an a-hole. Hulk and Magician decide to leave and jump through side door and go somewhere else. Hulk look back through and see Paragon go inside Ugly Twinkie again and building fall on Funny Men and Island Sink. Mm. Hulk wonder what happened to Twinkie. Maybe to sink the ocean floor and later Jean Grey will come out and rejoin the X-Men and call themselves X- Oops, spoilers. Uh, give Hulk break, a 30-year-old comic, people. Hulk and Magician return to his house and Hulk think Glowing Man was like Hulk, only pawn in Game of Life. Hulk sad. Now back to you, Dr. Bill. Looks like Hulk, Hulk got a hairstyle thing just before that last panel. <laughs> <clears throat> Huh. What's that? That good, good job, Hulk. What's that? That uh, <laughs> that's cowardly lion says. I got appointment in just for the occasion. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to jump right in on this, and and I think this this is a point where Al is a very good guest because I'm going to give my theory on this thing, and I'm curious as to what he's going to say about it since he's covered all this stuff in depth. But when they introduced the character of him, this this story so closely covers that one they create him he finds them to be evil he destroys them and he goes back into you know to, to to seek a higher purpose and the way i'm looking at this the character of him was kind of a failure until roy thomas and then eventually you know uh, jim stalin decided maybe we ought to give him a personality <laughs> and then yeah. they, you know somebody somebody decided well you know what since he since him was changed into Adam Warlock we need a character to fill that void that him had so we're going to create Paragon and make him into virtually the same exact character which just makes no sense at all because like I said I think his character was a failure until they turned him into Warlock and I'm curious for your take on that if that uh, convoluted logic makes any sense. Actually, yeah, and pretty much, because, I mean, those first few appearances when he fights Thor and he's in the Fantastic Four, yeah, he's nothing. He Basically, what you see of him is what, what you see in that one panel of him is what you get. And he looks like Rocky from Rocky Horror, and Rocky, I think, had more personality. Ugh. 
you know, at least until he, uh, like you said, until Roy Thomas took over, at least did something with him. And I don't know why they would feel like, well, you know what? That bland, empty <laughs> character, we're missing that. <laughs> There's a hole there. We don't have anyone like that. David Crift, bring it back. And unfortunately, when they changed it, you know, when Paragon came back as her, it took, I mean, they never really were able to do anything with her, really. I mean, every five minutes, they're changing her around. New name, new new uh, costume, new Does it reasoning. become Kismet, or is that not the yes. same? Okay. Yep. Her know, becomes I, Kismet, becomes and then becomes Alicia. After no. reading this story today, I had to look her up on uh, on the net, and I, I forget what site I was. I finally wound up on. I don't know if it was Wikipedia or Marvel or what. She's had like fifty names, and yeah, yeah, it was it was really convoluted backstory on her. Yeah, I think it's Paragon to her to Kismet, not the Kismet that becomes a part of the Cosmic Cube, different Kismet oh, to Aisha. There's another one in there too, Star something Starduster. Oh yeah, I just like I, a uh, woman. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I've lost the, all the female listeners. What a female listener? You've lost all the female listener. One. I'm not. I'm not even sure we have one. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Sausage Phil. Fist, man. <laughs> so if they could do anything with her in the movie, I'll be impressed. Because it's kind of a. It's kind of a shame. You have like a counter. You could have like a counterbalance or a v- different version of Adam Warlock and do something with it. And they. It's always been squandered or wasted. So if they could do anything worth her in the movie, good for them. I, I suspect that what's going on is that we're getting the character in essentially name only and, and maybe kind of the visual look of the character, but that she's going to be pretty much a completely different character. Um, you know, kind of kind of similar to Ronan. I mean, Ronan was kind of sort of Ronan, but not, not exactly. quite really. So I, I suspect yeah. it's the same sort of thing with her because she almost looks like like queen of her her people type of you know like you know they're they're almost doing like a Star Trek thing or that was kind of the vibe I got was you know they wind up on this planet or dimension or wherever they are and she's like queen of her people type of thing. Um, she who must be going obeyed. for the uh, for the Infinity Crusade a little bit, mm. which was not the strongest of the Infinities. In fact, the weakest of the Infinities as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah, we have the goddess. Yes. Which, yeah, but that was maybe going for a little of that. That was that was Adam. her. That was that was his split. That was the split parts of Adam Warlock, the yeah. Magnus and the Goddess. But they might be. I could see them trying to mix that in, maybe. Because mm. at least it was give her something. But yeah, I mean, really, if you ever read the things of her, I mean, I've read, ended up reading most of them over time anyway. And I think like the most they ever interesting she was was when she was in Quasar and trying to impregnate him. <laughs> mm. So if you remember, remember, it's like Quasar Twenty Nine. It's like a Greg Capullo cover of him all pregnant. I but it's like, hate so the when most, that happens. Yeah, it's like the best thing they were able to think of her is, I want a baby. <laughs> I'm like, that's the most interesting thing you could think of to do with her. Well, I guess I gave the three scientists a little short shrift in my synopsis, but I didn't really feel they were that important. Manny Moe and Jack? Manny Moe and Jack from Pet Boys. <laughs> what it is, like, it's... it's are their names? Uh, I can't even remember. Oh, Shinsky and Morlack. Morlack and some other guy with a Z. Shiz with a Z? I don't know. Shizzle. Oh, shizzle by shinizzle. Zip ahead. Now, uh, talking more about the specific story, uh, it's really a strange team up since the, you know Doctor Strange and the Hulk really you know. Like, it's not really. It's, it's not really together. a team up. It's like because actually that's that's what gave me the idea to do the synopsis because 
the Hulk, well, the Hulk isn't actually seeing. He's just, well, well, no, I take that back because at one point after he leaves, he starts to see what Strange sees. So I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to do the whole thing from the Hulk's perspective. Which but was a lot quicker. Is, <laughs> is this picking up from something else? You know what I mean? Like, like did, did the Hulk wind up at Strange's pad, like, in some issue of the Hulk, and that led into just, this? I think it's just supposed to be taking off from, like, the defend from some unnamed Defenders issue, well, guess, where he the, happens to be in, in the, Doctor Strange's the, Sanctum Sanctorum. The end of the issue is even pimping, saying, hey, follow the Avengers of the world's best man brute every month in the Incredible Hulk and the Defenders. Right. So, well, yeah. This, this... While the story wasn't bad and everything, this bugged me a lot because, you know, really? I didn't see the story was that. I mean, it's just, it's just punchy, punchy, run, run. But it's, but, but it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of reading between the lines a little bit because you know, Doctor Strange makes this big song and dance of being, the you know, the Hulk's friend, and he constantly refers to him as you know my friend and everything. And then he's always doing dick stuff to him like this. So he goes through. Beat it. He ju he just walks through a portal to go to where these guys are in their secret lair. And then as soon as he gets in the shit, he psychically calls to the Hulk, who's on the other side of the goddamn planet. And the poor stupid Hulk then has to leap constantly and swim and all this other crap to even get to to where Doctor Strange is, and I'm thinking, what a what a jerk thing to do, you know? He doesn't like, even he, wait to get into shit. Like, if 30 seconds in, he's like, hmm, maybe I should have brought the Hulk. Yeah, Hulk yeah. has time to sit outside on the stoop and go, what? Hulk's head so funny. As if it's just we're talking to Hulk, showing Hulk pictures. You know, if this were anybody else, I, I might no prize it by going, well, you know, Doctor Strange doesn't even know where he is, but he's the master of the friggin' mystic arts. So doesn't he have like mystic GPS or something where he knows that he's, you know, thousand? I, I think at some point it says like the other side of the planet or something, doesn't it? Well, he I, goes I across the I... ocean and across past China. Yeah, here it is right here. It's on page, China on it's a little on torpedo to find you. Top and of I page found... seven, it says it matters little that the destination pictured in his mind is halfway around the world. So I'm thinking, poor stupid Hulk. All right. So then even the... allowing even allowing for his ability to leap incredible distances, how long would it take him to get halfway around the world? Especially the world in 80 pages. <laughs> well, I wondered that too, but then when the sub crew picks him up on their radar, they kind of make it sound like he's really honking through the water. So I guess, in theory, if he's got the ability to leap, you know, these, you know, these ridiculous distances that he does because he has the most powerful leg muscles okay, on Earth, okay, that's, then he that's should be able to truck through the, the water distance. pretty good, too, you know? Here, let that's me, allowing for the distance. That's not accommodating me, for speed. If he's got to go all this incredible yeah. distance, how fast is he jumping? Is he now traveling at supersonic speed as he's jumping? Because <laughs> he it would still take, it would take an SST a long time to travel halfway around the world. Yeah, because well, they say he's moving fast, but he's not moving that fast. Okay, right. because taken from someone who sailed from America to Europe on a Navy ship going about 15, 20 knots, it took almost two weeks. <laughs> so even right. if he's doing like 60 knots, he's not going to get there in the time that this, that this book. I mean, he's, he's he's moving at some ridiculous, crazy speeds, which, you know, well, because then he, he catches a ride on a torpedo and a torpedo is not going to be that, you know, they don't move that they move fast, but. One, they well, wouldn't have to, anyway. There's uh, we, we, 
we shouldn't pick it apart for its science. We'll just press the I believe button and move on. I'm sorry, I don't believe in this. Because he has time to play C-3PO in Return of the Jedi and be worshipped by the Ewoks while Doctor Strange is fighting Paragon. Really? you got to factor that into his time plan as well. I mean, no, that makes no sense. That doesn't work. But I have to say, just on the pure note of I am entertained by, well, Doctor Strange is there and like, ooh, I'm going to do this. And okay, I can do this operation and use the computer. And we're talking intellectually. And meanwhile, there's there's the Hulk just running constantly. It's like, ah, another problem in my way. Like, you dumb magician. And I just love that part of the Hulk. Like, in the beginning, it's like, I told you. I told you, you stupid moron. Why didn't you listen to Hulk? Well, he takes out what? He takes out... He's takes out a sub, then he's on an island taking out NATO troops and tanks. And he kicks the bomb because the bomb, the torpedo took that him out. Yeah, that part I liked. Yeah. That was funny. It's just like the whole part I was entertained by. Then, he's, then, then he sets the Russian space program back a while yeah. by smashing the, the guy that's going up on the rocket. Then I think he's on some jet. He's on some Chinese base because, well, you figure if he's in New in New York, he's he has swum all the way to basically somewhere off the coast of Japan. I think is about where these guys are at, because when on the, when when the nuclear bomb goes off, which anybody didn't make that clear in the synopsis, those guys look kind of Chinese. The guys that are pressing the button when he's above the bomb overneath over the uh, base when he gets well, turned they- into a photo negative. They actually do say in what the, that one of the bottom panels on page, uh, the Green Goliath is carried out over the ragged coast of China. Oh, okay. Yep. So, and that's the thing, though. He's in the middle of the Pacific. Couldn't Doctor Strange have told him from New York, "Hey, go the other way. <laughs> go west. <laughs> go west." I told you, he's a dick. He went well, three quarters away around the world and still going one quarter away. And we there were issues where Doctor Strange had the power to teleport people. And on page tw- but, but, 27... You know what? I'd rather just make him run around the world. On page 27, is Doctor Strange throwing, you know, those little little pieces of paper with gunpowder in that you throw and snap at somebody? Oh, the snaps! Yeah. Is that what he's throwing? Yes. Oh, Flash is erupting in my... Wait, these are gunpowder snaps. Get the hell out of here. That's his magic. Then he's going to light those little snakes on fire. And Paragon, I shall defeat you with this quarter from behind your ear. Ah! I don't know. That that panel you're talking about, I actually imagine he was actually spitting at him. He's actually got his fingers in front of his face. He's going... (laughs) (laughs) Spitballs. Now, this this is, uh, you know, as much as we can make fun of the story, uh, it's not particularly particularly propped up by the Trimpy art in this one. This is not Trimpy at his best. No. No, no, it's not. Oh, I'm not done making fun of the story yet. How do they have keep, time to make that? Fun. How do they have time to make that Hulk statue? Oh, you want to talk about time? All right, here you go. Here's where the story <laughs> completely lost me. I was giving it a lot of slack up to this point. So, bottom of page thirty, uh, Paragon, who looks a hell of a lot like Apache Chief, has just decked Doctor Strange, oh, and then he puts him into uh, stasis whammy. And, and then he's being the levitated into a ceiling fan. So his face is about a foot and a half away from the ceiling fan. Yes. We cut to the Hulk. The Hulk wakes up in the jungle where he's been being worshipped by these, whatever the hell these people are, aborigines or whatever. They pick him up and, and like Cal said, they take him, you know, C-3PO with the Ewok style. You know, they carry him back to their village. Well, then when you turn a couple of pages, now it's nighttime. 
So it's nighttime and he's being worshipped. And, you know, when we cut back to Doctor Strange, then he throws some mystic coins into the fan to take it out. And I'm like, how slow is he being levitated into the ceiling that all of this time has passed? It's well, just maybe, flat. Well, maybe, maybe Paragon was playing with him, like move him closer, move him farther away. Maybe I guess. Maybe Paragon made him drink fizzy lifting drinks and Strange kept <laughs> falling down and, you know, forcing him down. This was mitigated slightly, program. though, by the incredible laugh that I got out of the fact that the Hulk is really into being worshipped by these people until he sees the statue that they think, uh, uh, the statue of the god that they think he is. <laughs> and it's he thinks it's ugly, so he gets pissed off. That's and he just beats the hell out of him. I love how the Hulk's my first funny. year. What's well, that? The torpedo the, like, you took me to the wrong place, stupid metal fish. Kick. <laughs> yeah, but see, the Hulk's an art critic. He didn't like the statue. Right. <laughs> right. But, no, I mean, yeah, no, this is not that good. The way I actually, I realized I was enjoying the story, though, a bit. And the way I was, as I realized, I was feeling like I was watching a cartoon. It felt kind of like, except for the end where Strange starts fighting, actually. But otherwise, it felt like a... And it took me until just now to think of what I was, figure out what I wanted to say. Mindy and Buttons from Animaniacs. Doctor Strange <laughs> is Mindy. The no, it's the I'm, dog I'm, and the, the little dog girl. And the little girl, yeah. Yeah, she's just wandering through the um, construction site. Everything's falling around her, completely oblivious. While Buttons is going nuts, and the Hulk is Buttons going nuts, dealing with you know natives and nuclear tests and space shuttles and tanks. And Doctor Strange is like do 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 science. And, and like, you guys it, remember, do you remember the game that I was referencing in my synopsis where you trouble. had the little pot bubble? Yeah, trouble, trouble. That you push yeah. Okay, all right. I I wasn't sure. I had to research that because I'm like, I was looking at it going, that reminds me of something, and he smashed it. I'm like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, trouble, okay. Oh, but we did have one of the few times I've seen in, in a Hulk issue, and maybe I just haven't read enough, when he's, uh, not the guys in the sub, but the, guy, the NATO guys with the tanks. He picks up oh. those tank and swings it around. Well, before that, when the guy's like, uh, Hulk, we're not, nothing to do with you. You can go. Right, right. Oh, we're, we're, we don't want to, I mean, granted, this is the Hulk's fault, not the army guys, but it's like, finally, somebody has a clue. Like, they should just tag him. They just got to tag him and just track him and go, oh, Hulk's in the area. Just everyone, just walk away. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> it always works out so well when they antagonize him. Yeah. All right, so back onto the artwork here. Uh, you know, I like Trimpy. I always have. This is not as good stuff. God, no. I'm just, I'm looking at the faces. They look bad. The storytelling is not particularly strong. Uh, you have to look. There's, just, there's not a lot going for it in this book at all, honestly. You really need to look no further than panel four of page 36. Um, Hulk moves. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is not attractive yeah. right yeah, there. Yeah, this is... I don't know how much <laughs> of this is Trimpy, because that's not Trimpy's Hulk. I'm, I'm probably blaming a lot of this on Giacoya, uh, although, you know, I can't give I can't give Trimpy a pass on it either. And, Scott, mm. Esposito back again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... Uh, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not much of a Trimpy fan, but I have... You know, I tell you, I've actually been digging some of the Hulk stuff of his that I, that I'm seeing in the early issues. And so it's given me an appreciation of the guy, you know, I, I still don't love him. He's never going to be my favorite, 
But I see where he does have some chops. And yeah, this just is not his best stuff. Um, but I, I yeah, I, I can't help but wonder if a lot of it is kind of being sabotaged a bit by the inking. But then again, I don't know. A lot of my problems with it do have to do with uh, with proportion and perspective. So I don't know. But yeah, yeah it's like on, it's on page wonky. Page twenty two, the the angle that Doctor Strange is shown at, you know, as he's as he's working the uh, the computer panel. Is that where he looks like he has to take a crap? Oh no, that's twenty three. Among, among other things, the uh, third he's, panel. He's in. got the giant crawling hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. I didn't even notice that. That's horrible. Look on 23, the third panel of like his his bottom mouth has got bigger than than the top of his head. (laughs) And and, and again, he's got the giant hand on the next one. The next one over. And Paragon is not a well thought out look. The character design is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, he's somewhere between like an Egyptian and Apache chief. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. If Apache Apache chief and the Sphinx had a kid, and you know, I don't think men should wear skirts to begin with, but certainly don't wear one that short. Okay, you know, I don't need to be seeing a little paragon poking out there. I'm not sure it was a little paragon. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Maybe not. He. Paragon did eventually become her, and maybe this is. uh... This is very true. You know, maybe there's a reason for that. Oh man, maybe that's why he's so pissed off. I'd be pissed off too. Or perhaps instead of being called Paragon, he should have been called Hermaphrodite. <laughs> Hermy. Hermy, yes. Page he wanted, an, Page. he wanted to be a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now Paragon's got a whole different voice for this. <laughs> I'm independent. Now is Paragon complete? Let no man dare to oppose Paragon's will. <laughs> Then I felt Doctor Strange tampering with my mind, and I knew my golden predecessor was right about you. I should be a dentist. <laughs> All right, Paul, here's your obscure Warner Brothers cartoon reference for the episode right here. Page 34, Uh-oh. second panel, the profile shot of the Hulk. Tell me he doesn't look like the mother gorilla in that episode where the gorillas are raising Hulk's <laughs> 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 Yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right, mutter. Oh, that's right. Bugs Bunny's pretending to be a monkey. Okay, that's right. Oh, oh, man. I just saw at the bottom of page 34 when, uh, and when Hulk gets mad, Hulk smashes the one of the, one of the villagers is saying, Okla Kuni? <laughs> well, what's funny is that on the is one that, side. Is that, the- is that villager for, for what the f- <laughs> <laughs> on the one side of the panel, you've got an you've got an arm, and on the right side of the panel, you've got a foot. It almost looks like he punched one person to pieces. <laughs> I love it. Hulk shows up to rescue Doctor Strange. He's got blood all over him. Right, entrails oh, stuck in his hair. <laughs> Poor Manny Moe and Jack on page 46. They're, uh, uh, the one guy says, now come, we have no t- no time to lose. And the very next panel says, correction, you have no time. And they're being smashed by debris. <laughs> Drown in the what, water. What a and douche says, that guy is, though. Period. 
in the last one as the whole island collapses and kills them. Right. Like, wow. What a douchey was, though, that he, you know, it's like, okay, we have to test you. Go ahead, kill Doctor Strange, who just helped us. Well, they are dicks. They do survive this, though, don't they? I think they do. What? They got better. I think I I think I think there's a third cocoon. They go into cocoons, too. I'm pretty sure they come back and there's a third cocoon that creates something. Unless I'm mixing this up, the fact that there's this and then it becomes her, and I'm counting that my story, you know, my head canon is two how different come, stories. How come when Jean Grey was in her cocoon, it didn't look like a giant golden dildo like this one does on so page I was 40. just going to ask. That, see, that's my memory of Jean Grey's cocoon, though, is that it does look like this. Am I wrong about that? It I don't did. Know. It didn't look that so was a, uh, um, like a, what's that called? Uh, red herring. Ah. Uh, it was a, just a telekinetic, like almost like tro- almost like cylinder, and it just had crap growing like, over. Like Spock's burial tube type of thing. Yeah, basically. Well, it was dropped in the Hudson River. Who knows what the hell grew on it? And yes, right. stuff around it because they thought it was something similar to that too in that Avengers issue. Right. Yeah, it was like what was that? Like two sixty seven or two seventy sixty three. That was FF, wasn't it? Oh, no, that's right. They found, I think... It was a crossover. Yeah. yeah. And then it led right. into X-Factor. Yeah. yeah, the Avengers, they find the cocoon. FF, they get her out. Right. That's right. Because I was just looking through those to find this annual, because I have that all for my Warlock stuff. Because, you know, they appear in a panel. It counts. It's being covered. <laughs> <laughs> I have an issue. I have issues. Deal with it. <laughs> Actually, I just want to know, how does that one guy keep that pipe in his mouth through everything? That pipe is not gone at all. <laughs> I'm just impressed. That's like a superpower. That's a horrible Tetris picture of the Hulk on page two. <laughs> page two. You would you would think in, in the hive where they're trying to create life, you know, not only create life, but create like superpower. The beehive. You, you would think they would want, you know, like kind of a clean atmosphere and they'd say, take your freaking disgusting pipe and go outside. But no. But no. Well, no, go ahead. Smoke smoke away. No. Yeah, I, tobacco. Best thing in the world for you. I Who's never seventies. Yeah. Four out of five doctors. <laughs> You're lucky enough to find that one doctor who, yeah. who who's against sugarless gum. Oh no. Although I don't ever see smoke coming out of the pipe, so maybe he just likes sucking on it. Maybe it's a bubble pipe. <laughs> I do like the, the second panel on uh on page six though where the Hulk sitting on the on the bench outside of Doctor Strange's place. Yeah, he's on like the he looks like he's got on, a, on the step. Yeah, he's like he's got a big old beer gut. He's holding on to the lamp post right there. He looks like sixty year old retired Hulk hanging out at the park. You're drunk, Hulk. Go home. Go home, Hulk. You're drunk. Hulk just want one more drink. Hulk can hold his liquor. Damn Hulk. What a pain kids in the ass must be like. Look, looking at the bottom, all he does is walk, and the sidewalk is crumbling. <laughs> Damn Hulk walked by my house. I have to get a, I gotta get the whole cement work done over again. I got a freaking, freaking bottle in my driveway. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I got a sinkhole? I don't even live in Florida. <laughs> and how do they make a robot that can fight magic? Oh, oh, it's magic. I don't know. <laughs> it can fight the Hulk and magic. It's like, what do they need Paragon for? They made a robot that can fight the Hulk and Doctor Strange. Like, what do they need to rope that for? Make more robots. Yeah. Grades? Oh, I guess Hulk? that's me. You know, I didn't pay attention as to who did the cover to this. I was just looking that Pretty up, sure. to be honest. Pretty sure the cover is 
Who is the cover? I, I would guess just looking at it, and I haven't looked anything up, I would guess Trimpy Pencils and possibly Romita Inks. Maybe not Romita. Um, no. Uh, Trimpy Pencil and... I'm drawing a blank on the inks. You looking it up? Looking it up. Uh, I'm working on it. It's It looks pretty clean in the inking, which is why I first said Romita, but I don't see any of the telltale Romita looks, so I'm thinking it's not... Uh, cover is Herb Trippy inker Dan Adkins. Dan Adkins. Different, okay. different inker. So cover. I think I think the book would be superior inside had Dan Adkins inked that as well. Yeah. Oh, I think the cover is okay. Um, it's a nice. That's why I think it would have been superior if they yeah. had inker from the cover. So I I, I think uh, cover wise, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a B. Although that that uh, one eyed two brown arm Twinkies kind of really freaky looking. With a bunch of suction cuffs all over it. Who do you think drew the inset picture of the Hulk? That is not Trimpy. Yeah. Is that Ramita or one of the Busemas? See, that's overall that's that my that's my biggest like problem with this Busema? cover is when you have two images like that from two different artists and the the inset that's tiny is actually better than the art that they're using for the full cover and that that just throws the whole cover off to me cuz that is a much better picture of the hulk where is he throwing that rock at though where did he, where did he get that rock i got a rock i throw a rock at him <laughs> i brought a rock into the into the beehive with me you guys remember i got magic i got science i got a rock do you remember a couple <laughs> years ago when, when Marvel had a whole series of action figures for little, little kids, like preschool age kids? They were called Spider-Man and Pals or Spider-Man yeah. and Friends, one of the two. Are you talking about the play school ones with the big yeah. feet hands? Yeah. yeah. I, I had the Star Wars ones for my son like that. The, the Hulk figure came with a rock. And it just <laughs> reminded me of that looking at this. That you know, All the other ones had really cool like little accessories that they came with. And the Hulk's accessory was a big rock. I think they did that when they first Marvel first started doing the '90s, like the action figures, the first wave of the Marvel figures. That's what he had was a rock. Well, I got a Hulk figure that actually my kids got for me back in the '90s or the 2000s that comes with half of a Humvee that you like. He smashes down and it it like has a pop in hood that you can uh, bust when you when you know like you like you. What well, is this going to sound sick? You squeeze his thighs and he bends over and smashes his fist down. <laughs> No, it's not dirty, I swear. Speaking of that, Sick, man. I got to say that that inside cover blurb with Stan Lee for Pizzazz Magazine, I don't think, did Stan Lee ever look that good? Stan Lee did pose naked. Oh, what? Ew. What? For I Cosmo? think it was in Cosmopolitan. Are you kidding yeah. me? He posed and he used a comic book to cover his prize. That was, was it, no. Was it Playgirl, maybe? That was Cosmo? Burt Reynolds, wasn't it? No. Yes, but it was Stan Lee, too. Oh, my God. Really? Hopefully that's not his last cameo he does, like, you know, at, <laughs> in, at his 90s. Oh, my God. Um, so the Oh, what the hell? I'm sure I'm already on some government watch list. I might as well just Google <laughs> Stan Lee nude. What the hell? Why not? Just oh, my Google God. Stan, Stan Lee Playgirl. <laughs> what, what did you you are not about? kidding. He's You know what he's using to cover his junk? The Hulk? Batman versus the Incredible Hulk. Oh my God! All right. Oh God, yes. Put it in the chat. Oh my Lord. Why did I do this? I cannot unsee. Yeah. Oh my Lord. I gotta sleep at some point. Put it in the chat. Oh, uh, are you sure? It says redirect notice. 
<laughs> what did you put up there, Since Paul? you like freaky shit, here you go. Yeah, that's your redirect. I, I, just, I just dragged the picture into it. UK Pinterest, wow. centerfold pictures. Wow. I see Burt Reynolds. I there don't you see. go. Here you go. That is not right. Grandpa, put some damn clothes on. Oh, my God. How dare you have a life before us? Well, he's <laughs> not There is a photo. So if he if he took the glasses off and maybe got a toupee, he'd maybe look like this brawny towel guy that he's portrayed <laughs> as in the pizzazz. Well, that's uh, why you put that in there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell me he does like... not look like the brawny towel <laughs> guy. Exactly. <laughs> He looks. Right, he so looks like this a, book. He looks like a. <laughs> he looks like if Lee Majors and the brawny towel guy had a kid. This is what what would come out. All right. Um, I keep losing the book. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, interior art. Mm, I'm gonna give it a C minus, D plus. I just. I'm not real fond of it. I don't know. C plus. No. C minus. C minus. The story. I, you know, I like fun in the 70s, but this is like Doctor Strange being a dick. I mean, I guess they're building something with Paragon, but why? So I, I'm going to give the story a C-. minus. So uh, what did I give the cover? A, did I give the cover a B? Yeah. it's. A, I'll just give it a straight even C for, for a book. Next. Um, I'll go if you like. All right, let's see here. Cover, um, I don't like the cover. I think it's a mess. I think it's kind of all over the place. And I think the fact that the Hulk, rather than facing the threat that's obviously reaching out to threaten him, he's just flinging a giant friggin' rock that, like you say, where the, where did he get this rock from? So, yeah, it's, it's really weird. Um, Doctor Strange gets mentioned on the cover, but then he's a tiny little figure in the background. So it's it's really strange, and it's misleading with the Adam Warlock thing and all that. It's just, yeah, I, I'm really not a fan of the cover at all. So, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go a D on the cover. I'm really not crazy about it at all. And I don't really like the color scheme of it either. The interior art, um, yeah. Um, I, there's very few redeeming points in the art for me. I, I am not at all fan of this fat ass buck toothed version of the Hulk. He just looks derpy. I, I don't like it at all. Plus it's very inconsistent because on that page that we were just talking about a minute ago, page six, the first time you see the Hulk on that f page, he's sitting on the, I thought he was on a park bench, but I think Bill's right. I think he's actually on like the steps in front of Dr. Strange's house, but he, he's fat. He's got a big old beer gut. But then on the last panel where he's leaping off into space, he's all svelte and everything. He almost looks like a capeless Superman. So, it, yeah, it's it's all over the place in the art. So I'm not crazy about the interior art either. And uh, I got to say, I, I think I'm going to go a straight up D on the interior art as well. I, I'm really not crazy about it. The story is flat stupid, but... I'm going to cut it some slack because there were some legitimate laugh out loud moments when he gets to the beach and realizes that the torpedo has brought him to the wrong place. And he turns <laughs> around and kicks it and blows up. And it, he's in the middle of a sentence. So it's like a cartoon. He goes, and that makes Hulk. And he kicks the thing and blows up. And then he goes mad as he said, you know, and it's like a Warner Brothers cartoon. So that was actually pretty funny. Um, I forget what the other one was, but there was another moment in here later 
uh, I think it's when he actually gets to the secret lair. I, I really can't remember what the moment was, but there was another one that made me laugh as well. So there, at least there was some comedy in here. But overall, my biggest problem with this, beyond the story just being kind of lackluster and frankly pretty stupid, was that not only is it padded out, but it's obviously padded out. This is a story fit for a single issue that they just padded the shit out of for yeah, an annual. because he just goes from one thing to another, just, yeah, yeah, back and forth between Strange and him. Like, this would have been, if Strange had been across the United States and not around the world... Right, you know, he could have just leaped around. Yeah, it would have yeah. it would have flowed a lot better. He could have a lot maybe better. got there in the same the time frame he should have got there as. Yeah, yeah Strange should be dead by now. By the time yeah. he got to, I would give the story an F, except for some of the comedy beats. So because of some of the comedy beats, uh, I'm gonna bump it up to just a D. So it's a D book all around on this one. So there you go. You got your triple D's. Uh, you want to go out? Oh yeah, I might as well. I've been doing third, third the whole time anyway. <laughs> so yeah, this cover is—it looks almost like they just got a whole bunch of different images of them and cut them out and just kind of stuck them together, and not even very well. And yeah, it is. I actually didn't realize until you mentioned it, Scott, but it's like Doctor Strange and he's really tiny back there. And if you notice, Adam Warlock's name is bigger than Doctor Strange's, and he <laughs> appears even less in the issue. <laughs> That is very he's true. Very, he's on one page. That's at least Doctor Strange is on more than one page. But yeah, this and he, cover, and he sorry, doesn't no. even look like Adam Warlock in the picture he is in. Yeah, he's still him or yeah. Rocky. Or Rocky. Rocky. I mean, he literally looks just like Rocky in those original things. It's bizarre. Uh. But anyway, yeah. So this cover is a. Not great, and that the sad thing is, overall, since it's just one piece of artwork, it's better than most of this, a lot of the stuff in the issue, <laughs> which is kind of sad. So I got best I can give this cover is it's a, it's a C minus, and I think I'm being a little generous, but artwork inside goes from okay to crappy. You know, you have panels that look okay, and then panels that don't fit and. Hulk looks fat. Hulk looks skinny. Hulk is, you know, strange, has bizarre anatomy. He has the meat sweats like that one dog does in the cartoon. I mean, it just, <laughs> it's all over here. And I've read like a couple, I've read some Hulk stuff, a bunch of Hulk issues, actually, like 15 or 20 of them with Trimpy from that time period. And this almost doesn't, like, if you told me Trimpy did this, I'm like, really? Because this doesn't look like him. I mean, either it's the, the ink, other artists to blame or. You know, they were told, hey, you have a weekend to get this, get an annual done. Think of a story and draw it now. And that's the only thing I could think of that would actually make sense for why they did this bizarre story. Because story-wise, too, it doesn't make sense and it doesn't work. And it's just kind of like Hulk running back and forth. So artwork, I'm giving it a... Uh, there's some times where it's okay, so I'll give it a D plus. But yeah, story doesn't make sense. I mean, first of all, robot that fights strange and all that... Um, also, why is Doctor Strange helping them? We want to make this new race of people that will be better than people. So you're, what, going to try and kill all of humanity? That's my first thought. You're going to kill all humanity with your new race of super people? Yeah, I'll help you. That's fine. I'm sure nothing bad will happen. What I mean, could story, happen? Like I said, the only thing about the story that works is because it gets so bizarre, it becomes entertaining again. Especially, like, the Hulk stuff. Like, the Hulk stuff amused me. And it felt like, like I said, it felt like I was watching a cartoon. And 
know, that torpedo thing I still love. And him fighting, the, the, you know, him with the natives. So story C minus because that helps it a bit, but not completely. So hell, even the ad is bad. I'm sorry. Does anyone else have the original or have the ads? The, the hostess ad? Yes. What the hell <laughs> is that? The legal Instead eagle. of the vulture, it's the legal eagle. It's the vulture. It looks like the vulture. Only they gave him talons. Yeah, that's it. I'm like, so it's a, I don't know. At best, this is what a D plus C minus issue. I forget what I did. D plus. Because <laughs> it angered me. That it, that, it, that ad angered me. I'm going to pile on a little bit here. <laughs> you know, I feel like we were just killing this thing. But on the cover, uh, I'm just looking at it as, as we're talking about it and as the ratings are coming down. And I'm noticing Doctor Strange more and more. And I'm noticing they even misdrew the blast coming out of his hand because it's not coming out of his hand. It's coming out like Spider-Man's webbing out of his wrist, <laughs> which is just weird. Um, yeah, it. I, I think... You kind of hit on it, Al. It looks like a bunch of different images just kind of thrown together to create a cover. Uh, you know, it's the old color forms model. Uh, you know, let, let's just make sure we put everybody on the cover, but not have any rhyme or reason to how we position them. Uh, on the other hand, it never bothered me when it was new. So I'm going to say, I'm going to just say a C on the cover. I think it could be so, so much better, but it, you know, it didn't really bother me when it came out, so it served its purpose, I guess. <laughs> uh, on the interior art, I can't be so generous. I mean, it's just, it looks like it's a mess, and I, I'm just looking at it, and I'm thinking, okay, Trimpy penciled it, then we have Giacoya and Esposito. And what I'm thinking is, this was a rush job. That you had to get, you know, you, you're telling Trippy you got to get this done, banged out because we got to get this published. And we're going to give you two inkers because we, you know, we, we need to get this thing done ASAP. So Trimpy's rushing and not giving it the time that it deserves. And then with the two different inkers, you're getting very inconsistent looks of the, on the characters. And not very detailed looks when you do get them. A lot of shortcuts in, in the inking. Um... I'm going to say the interior art, I'm giving a D. This is just, it's just not good. It has very little that to, to recommend in there. The story, as I said, it's just kind of like rehashing to recreate a similar character to one that was kind of not necessary in the first place. The only point when the character became interesting was when they totally changed it into a new character. But now we have to bring back the old one, or the old personality, which really was no personality for no apparent reason. And the way we get there is just kind of just weird. You know, this this kind of cosmic roadshow. Uh, I do agree there's a couple of funny moments. Uh, I think the best thing in the whole story is the the one page with the natives. <laughs> uh, or the two, two pages with the natives, rather. I think that's, that's the best part of the whole story. Um... I'm going to say the story, I'm going to give a D plus because it has some funny moments in it. So overall, I'm going to give the book a C minus. And that's our Guardians score episode. Oh, actually, real quick. I found what actually is the best page of the issue for what you're saying. It's the Howard the Duck subscription ad. <laughs> Five subscriptions, four bucks each, and you get a sixth one free. 20 bucks? Hell yes, I'm in on that. Yeah, really. That's the best one on the page. I think I spent more time looking at that than anything else. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm on board for that. No problem at all. Ooh, too much I, I shared our Stan Lee uh, picture to our Facebook group, and it's it's getting some funny reactions. <laughs> you, you know, you're the one who yells at people for going on Facebook while we're recording, by the way. <laughs> I do not. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Are the reactions my eyes? My eyes? <laughs> It's funny because that was the reaction to I, I copied that panel of of Doctor Strange sweating bullets with the with the mouthful of teeth there and the and the giant lower lip and that was the first comment was my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Those look like that almost looks like like bad Ditko. Yes. Yeah. That's what he had ate some bad Ditko. <laughs> uh, I hate when I have bad dick up. <laughs> Gotta cook it fully. Well, are we wrapped up for this one? I think we're wrapped up, but I just want to give Al a chance to... Well, first I want to say thanks for coming on with us again. Yes. Uh, oh, even though the, the last time you were on with us will be in two months. But uh, so the last <laughs> thanks time for coming like the on, and time. why don't you pimp your show? <clears throat> yes. It's Resurrections and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, and it's um, well, it's about Adam Warlock and Thanos. The name's in the title. Seriously. If you're confused, sorry. But yeah, so find it on iTunes and stuff. Uh, it's pretty much everywhere. Facebook, just type in Adam Warlock. It pops up. Uh, t- Twitter, at Adam Thanos Pod. It's all over. We're doing uh, doing some Silt Bronze Age Adam Warlock stuff. We're going to be finishing up the uh, Thanos War of the Cosmic Cube and then getting into the Starlin stuff. Yes, I'm, I'm recommending it once again because I'm going to recommend it two months from now when you hear the other episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks again for coming on. Oh, thanks for having me. And I guess we'll go out. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of Demanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, all rights reserved. Each and every month, the Two True Freaks Network produces dozens of new and exciting episodes which regularly reach tens of thousands of loyal listeners worldwide. Sponsorship and or advertising opportunities are available. Inquiries may be made via email to twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.
But um, uh, bah, 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 bah. what was I saying? 